One. Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. So we are in our 14th team list Tuesday. I'm your host Stuart Lord and tonight I'm joined by Nick Lord who seems to be back to being a fantasy nugget this week. How you going Nick? No longer the chicken tendy. I am the fantasy nugget of the podcast once again. Oh mate. And we've also got uh, back this week after his um, physio emergency last week. We have Mitch Brown. How are you going, Mitch? Uh, better this week, mate. Last week wasn't a good week in the office, but uh, this week hasn't been much better. But at least I'm on the at least I'm on the podcast, eh? Hundred percent. So, guys, uh, as always, we're on the socials at Boom or Bust NRL. Uh, make sure that you follow the pages as well. Uh, and thank you for everyone who already has. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for putting it up when, you know, I friggin' failed to upload it properly and you still listen, you know, 12 <laughs> hours late. Man, I did everything for that except press the friggin' save button. So, anyway, um, I'm an idiot. So thank you for everyone who's listened and who sent us feedback and your questions. We appreciate it. So guys, this week we have a number of uh, segments as usual, but uh, the first one is the Boom and Bust NRL Leagues. Now I'm going to kick us off today because I said Stu's chaos mode this year. It was going to be really chaotic. There's going to be, you know, buy rounds. There was going to be head-to-heads, like uh, chaos. There was going to be guest teams, whatever else. Well, it's so freaking chaotic that we didn't even play the buys. I put the wrong settings in. <laughs> so we had a buy this week. So uh, sucked into everyone at home. I It's so chaotic. I didn't even know what settings I was freaking doing. So thank you. Uh, Mitch. Mate, what's happened in your head-to-head league? Same as the last 12 weeks, mate. NRL FL Loms is Whoa. still undefeated at 12-0, and 0, and I'm languishing in 12. I was meant to do no buy rounds, and I left them on, so <laughs> I was totally unprepared for that. And uh, uh, chaos. We'll get to that later, but, you know, chaos ensued in my league, and I continue, continue to languish in the 2022 season. Oh, mate. <laughs> nice as. Nick, how did you go? Mate, uh, Tong and Thunder top the round with 668. And I'm actually hoping, guys, because I'm second from top. I've been two Tangaronga can beat Cher Brothers so I can move to top of the league. That'd be nice. Oh, fair enough. And Nick, what happened with the overall league? Mate, Heinous Crimes. He's he's back on top after, um, uh, was it Death Squad? Yeah. NRFL yeah. sort of held it the last few weeks. Heinous Crimes back on top. That's a Jared Heinous, uh, which is the, <laughs> the, the awesome pun. And guys, he's second overall in the entire comp. So shout out Heinous Crimes, uh, top of score of the week too with eight fifty one, which is just phenomenal. That's a huge score. I've, I've been freaking pulling that some weeks for seventeen. I was just it, thinking I'd be happy with that this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So how are we doing overall with fantasy, uh, Nick? How, how you going there, mate? Mate, you're, oh. you're at like three hundred the other week. You, you must be pretty close to that now. Nah. Oh, rip. Okay. I'm, I'm out of the top thousand already. I'm just, yeah, I've just absolutely blown my load too early. And it's, I'm 104.5 now, guys. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not happy. I'm, I've got to go back to the drawing board and, and regroup and just focus on round 17 now, I guess. Uh, Stu, how, do you go any better, mate? Mate, I actually had a decent round. I got a couple of lucky trades in. So, uh, including uh, one Joey Manu. So uh, I went up about 400 ranks. So I'm up to 11.41 from a 1,500. So oh, nice. Yeah, That's pretty it. pretty happy with that one. Uh, 
considering that I only had 11 players for 630 odd points. So got very lucky. Mitch, how'd you go? Mate, last week was a bad week. Real busy at work. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I, I had no interest in fantasy and I didn't name a captain or a vice captain. So Ben Hunt and Nathan Cleary were both of those. Yes. So I've dropped uh, about 3,000 ranks and I'm out to 7,866 because I'm an idiot and didn't captain Matt Burton. So uh, I have no words. Uh, I don't know. they I got nothing. I just sat there on Saturday night because I didn't watch the Friday or Thursday night going, uh, I was very upset. Oh, I think okay. I messaged the two of you and gone, I forgot to name a captain. <laughs> you just, <laughs> just for listeners out there, Mitch is the most competitive out of the three. <laughs> just not in fantasy, he's not competitive this year. Uh, this uh. year. This year. <laughs> All right. Well, look, this is good to hear in the rounds going. And look, thank you for everyone who's continued to show up each week for the leagues. Um, all right. So, guys, how are we doing for overall fantasy? We've been through that one. So, Nick, we're up to she stats. What are the big statistics mate, this week? Mate, in the base, we've got uh, Sam McIntyre, 51 tackles. That's insane. Uh, Meters gained. Everyone knows Joe Marnie went off. So, he gets mentioned a few times. So, he's got 288 running meters. Uh, Scotty Drinkwater as well put in uh, 226, which was pretty solid for him. He sort of ran right against the Titans. In terms of uh, tries, we only had a couple of doubles from the Hammer and the Fox. Tries to Scotty Drinkwater. Three tries to He also got three line breaks to go assist with uh, to go with that. Joey Manu, as I mentioned before, seven offloads and 14 tackle busts. Um, Hamali Alakwatu also put on 10 tackle busts and maybe the meanest fins we've probably seen in a few seasons. One mm. on Chanel Harris-Tavita. Who was the second one on? Uh, who else did he baptize? Uh, someone went airborne. I, 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 no, I was that, that was Harris Tavita. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was sort of falling asleep because it's been a long week and uh, that definitely woke me up. I was like, holy moly. You know, that was insane. Uh, in terms of tri saves, guys, Elliot Whitehead picked up a couple, which is um, solid for, for not a fullback in my opinion. I, I remember seeing those. He did a couple of very good tackles. He's, he's definitely one of those guys you want in your team, Elliot Whitehead. He he's never gives up, hardworking, and yeah. Um, uh, Ruben Garrick, eight goals, guys, in terms of the kicking department, so that's going to be tough to beat. Kick meters, Manny Burden, 567 kick meters. Uh, no one really came close in the four games this week. Missed tackles. Surprise, surprise, Chanel Harris-Tavita with nine. So that's uh, Homoli Olaquatu with 10, Chanel Harris-Tavita with nine tackles. <laughs> you could work it out. In terms of penalties conceded, Tohu Harris uh, with four, which is which is very high. So, um, you know, good old uh, Tohu. Uh, he, he got unlucky a couple of times. Like he was just, you know how they two people are in a tackle and they just assign someone a penalty. I think a couple yep. of times he just got slapped with those, I'll be honest with you. But yeah, that sort of wraps it up. Not not too much this week. Uh, really noteworthy um, on some of the other stats. So, um, yeah, what, what, what have we got with injuries, Mitch? Uh, we've got a bit of a list this week again, which is not at all surprising. So we'll kick off quickly. David Fafida, uh, grade one MCL sprain. That's going to be two to three weeks out. So... David's torrid year continues. Uh, an interesting one. This is probably one of the most interesting ones we've had in a while because we've been speaking often, certainly Stu and I as owners of TPJ have been saying, mm. what's the go? Looks gassed. 
uh, just doesn't seem to have that top sort of fifth gear running or penetration. I'd wager, Stu, that he's had this the whole year. Um, okay. He's sort of been named with back spasms and a disc aggravation in the, the lower back. He's been named in the reserves and, uh, look, could very well be named to play last minute. The reason I think he's been named in the reserves is because it's a highly unpredictable injury. Uh, my suspicion is they've been trying different interventions, so he's probably had at least one cortisone injection into the back. As I said, the big thing is I am of the opinion he's probably had it all year and it's just kind of getting to a point where he's struggling to play on with it and that's why we've seen a couple of games where he's had a significant drop in minutes. Um, he hasn't quite looked his best and then he's actually had to have a couple of weeks off with it. Um, there is every chance given that they would be you know, intervening in all the ways necessary that this could be an ongoing issue for the rest of the year. I'm hoping it doesn't require a further intervention because I really don't have the trades to get rid of him. But I'll be watching TBJ very, very closely, particularly if he does get a, a game this week. But as an owner, I'm hoping they actually give him another week because if he comes back too early and, and he cops a bad hit, that could be an issue. But heck, playing in the forwards, uh, it, it's just going to be a problem uh, moving on. Uh Daniel Saifidi, so that's a grade two MCL sprain. Not good at all. So he'd be looking at at least four to six weeks. Uh, that'll probably mean some extra minutes for his brother Jacob and David Klemmer, who's had a real fantasy resurgence. Uh, Michaela Ravalas, did we get a hamstring grading on this? Do we know where he's at? No, uh, it's got an indefinite on this one yet. I think they haven't made public the scans from what I've seen. Right. Um, Look, grade one, we're looking at about three to four weeks. Grade two, six to eight. So it's going to be somewhere in that in that spectrum. If you're a Ravalawa owner, as I've said to you in the past, we almost always see a two-week drop in performance after they come back. So best case scenario, that's five to six weeks of bad play. So he's probably a sell at the moment. Jared Croker, look, we, we spoke about this a number of weeks ago, having that innocuous uh, dislocation, which it turned out uh, it happened when he was reaching for a remote or something in the shower. Um, that's season ending. I thought it might be season ending the first time he did it. So he'll have a lighter, Jay. He's real tough. I wouldn't be surprised if he made it run at 2023, but gosh, uh, if I was a family member, I'd be telling him to hang up the boots. Adam Fanua Blake. So we were a bit worried that this was a higher grading. And I know I heard you guys talking about this on the podcast, uh, when I was listening to it on my runs during the week, uh, that it turned out it was a low level, uh, Liz Frank, which won't require surgery. I would still watch this one closely. It's a fickle injury. Uh, it could easily start to deteriorate. It could still even require surgery if he has any um, sort of mishaps that sort of increase the grading. Um, keep a close eye on that. So we're look, looking at about four weeks, but anything could happen there. Jaden Campbell, I'll come back to the one before uh, Jaden. Uh, Jaden's a high-grade uh, hamstring injury, so it's looking at like eight-plus weeks. So that's quite a lot. Once we're sort of getting past the eight-plus week, we're sort of looking at a real high two. Uh, it doesn't look like he's torn the proximal tendon, the proximal being the, the, the part under the bottom completely off the bone. So it's not a Latrell incident. Uh, but with his role, and I've seen him run, he is just explosive. With his role and what he does in the team, I would not at all be surprised if this hampered him through the remainder of the 2022 season. So he's a sell and he's a stay away for the remainder of the season. Uh, it looked wait. Like quite innocuous. He sort of went down um, to uh, knock the ball out of touch, I think. And there he just didn't, he yeah. just couldn't um, get back up. It, yeah, it no, wasn't uh, like apparently a he did it a couple injury. of minutes before. 
and oh. and it's just that after that one he couldn't then continue play he's probably oh, right. turned a grade one into a grade two that's probably uh, what happened. Mm. right um, that makes sense but it, but it often can be innocuous that's that's not at all unusual uh coming back to this one look wade graham he he's been named to play this week oh in reserves anyway uh well yeah uh, and and could very well play if they've said it's a foot injury look we really don't know any more than that best guess would be some sort of stress reaction so stress fracture being a complete fracture of bone reaction being more an irritation um if it was a fracture i think we'd have a more definitive uh timeline i think they'd be a lot less cagey about it the rule with wade is simple don't pick wade i've said it the whole friggin year i said it in the preseason i said it when he came back and Stu wanted to trick people into getting back on board with him <laughs> and i warned you all like i fell for that trick uh and you know fool me once uh shame on you fool me twice shame on me I'm not saying it again this year. I'm not even going to talk about Wade in the injury list. If you have Wade in your team, you're an idiot. Like, it's it's a really bad decision. He's a great player, but he's an injury magnet. You'll be trading him out within two to three weeks. And honestly, I thought the Sharks looked better without him. I thought he sort of discombobulated both their defensive and attacking structure. So, awesome player, but I think the Sharks are probably better to stick with what they had before. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, so he's looking to return from his hamstring injury and was meant to play this week. Uh, unfortunately, COVID has ruled him out for the next week or so. Um, I'm just reading here that he's lost 10 kilos. I believe that when I say it. Um, I'd want to see it at least one to two games before I pull the trigger on Latrell. I, I just do not like this injury. Uh, the only thing that works in Latrell's favour is he's more about uh, his strength than his tops than he is about top speed. So, um, say like uh, Jaden Campbell, where that would be quite an issue. Latrell, it's probably not as big a concern. But that said, he's a fullback. He's meant to be dynamic. I want to see a couple of games. I can't see you losing your shirt on that. Uh, Stu or Nick, do we have a break even on Latrell? Uh, fine one. One second. Yeah, I'll bring it up. That's right. I'm way ahead of you. Uh, so his break-even is 71. Yeah, I, I would want at least one to two games um, before I do any more on that. Uh, Carl Lawton, so it really hasn't been Carl's year this year. He had that send-off and a few weeks off, and now he's an ACL rupture. So that's a CM8 season-ending injury. So we'll see him uh, in nine months' time. Uh Billy Sickus, uh, so he's got a medial meniscus and what looks to be a medial patella femoral ligament injury. Uh, appears to be season. Jackson Hastings, so this is one that we actually had a few questions on uh, in the Facebook chat. And the main reason I didn't respond is because I was looking for more answers and the Tigers continue, continue to be bloody cagey about what's going on. I'm a physio who looks a bit, look, likes a bit more certainty uh, when I when I make a diagnosis or a call. At this point, all we've got is a sore foot. There are things I'd say with this. Uh, first off, he kind of is looking and moving a bit like Dylan Edwards was last year when Stu was getting on him for not playing well. Um, I instantly start to think possible stress reaction or some sort of bony injury in the foot, particularly given he's not doing much kicking or running. Uh, he's sort of playing that dinner suit type of role. And perhaps they're just trying to get him, get him through it. Uh, it. It may even be that it's actually sort of deteriorating into a full fracture, but I just can't see them playing him under those circumstances, given that their, their season's done for the year, particularly with the the loss of uh, Michael Maguire. Um, 
it's a tricky one, guys. I wouldn't hate it if you sold him, but just be prepared because we're so limited on information that in the next two to three weeks, he, he could very well turn it around. But you really won't know till it happens because we just don't have information on time frames. And my suspicion would, on that would be because he is playing and he can play with it, any physio or doctor worth his salt does not want the rest of the world and particularly the opposition to know what the problem is because they're going to target it. So he's a week-to-week -week proposition. You're just going to have to use your eyes on this one. Uh, I'm thinking a Dylan Edwards-style injury, which Dylan Edwards was pretty well busted for the rest of the year. Um, I think he won't be the sort of guy that we were seeing those 50 to 60 point yeah. games that sort of made him worthwhile, to, to put it succinctly. Yeah. Well, um, look, well, we'll have to definitely have a chat about Jackson Aces thing because he's got a break even to 73. And he, a lot of his stats came not just uh, off his attacking, but also off that base of goal kicking meters gained. So if he's got yeah. a busted foot, right, that's like, you know, if he's handed over goal kicking, would that be a concern to you, Mitch? Because I know that he's done that. It, the whole thing's a concern. Okay. I think they're. I think he can only. He's only just able to play. Uh, I wonder if Dewey was available because he's not back yet, is he, Stu? No, he, he, they've held him back one more week. I reckon if... I wouldn't be shocked at all if Dewey was available if they rested Hastings. Okay. Just, just like... I, just for a week anyway. or two. Yeah, it's... Uh, I feel like they're playing him because they have no choice and he can just get through. So, as a Hastings holder, I'm I'm tempted to sell. And I mean, you know, I think the Tigers season's down the dunny anyway. Yeah, uh, uh, and they've got Jock... Uh, Jock Madden on the bench, back up half. So that's also yeah. a concern. I, well, I think they... I, I just... The whole thing stinks, basically. So we had a lot of questions on that. Safest bets to sell. I don't know how long it's going to be, uh, but I don't see him improving while he's playing on it. Awesome. Luke Thompson. So delayed HIA symptoms. Uh, he missed a week last week. And uh, has he been named this week, No, too? no, that's why I put him on the list. Yeah, he's that's a bit yucky. Um, and it was delayed so, concussion symptoms too. So whether there yeah. was a training or something, but but the, the word that they keep on saying is delayed concussion. Yeah. Um, we just, it's going to be week to week, basically with him. Um, delayed is never great because it means there's a bit more swelling on the brain. So hopefully he's okay. Um, we'll basically see, but I can't imagine there's too many Luke Thompson holders out there. Uh, this is a, probably a big one. Uh, is Dylan Brown so... Stu's uh, been good enough to put a picture up of Dylan Brown uh, walking to the parking lot by the look of it in a, in a sort of knee-high <laughs> yeah, knee moon boot. Look, he's named to play. Uh, there are two possibilities here. Uh, he's had the injury for a while and he's got like a low-grade stress reaction, same as uh, Jackson Hastings. And we don't know as much about it because he doesn't kick uh, all that often. I would counter that by saying his running has looked pretty good the last few weeks, mm. which gives us the second alternative, which he's picked up a low-grade uh, lateral ligament or most likely syndesmosis type injury, a bit like what we saw with Ryan Pappenhausen early in the year. And they're looking to just brace it and take the load off day-to-day -day while he's working and moving just to make sure that when he's running and keeping his fitness up, he can do that. And then day-to-day, -day, it, it's braced and it's feeling pretty good. So my gut feeling is he'll play maybe slightly diminished so we're not going to see the same explosive speed and running just like with ryan pappenhausen so it took him two or three weeks to really get going um so drop in performance perhaps uh but 
like we'll be able to play through and we'll probably be back to himself if I'm right in the next two to three weeks. Is that Will uh, Penasini next to him in the knee sock? Oh, yeah, but he could be wearing that for a variety of reasons. Uh, no, no. Oh, oh, good. Just, try, just trying to work out who it was. Fashion. <laughs> uh, the final one's Kurt Mann. So he's back after his rare ankle artery surgery. What can we expect? So outside of some deconditioning, I, I certainly would expect that lateral ligament to be feeling pretty good. He's named on the bench, which is where you probably should be, given they've got some big boys like Barnett and uh, Frizzell, who they can put up in the second row. Uh, I would I would assume his performance will be pretty good. Awesome. Now, look, thanks for that, Mitch. There was quite a lot to go through, especially because um, there's a lot of season-ending injuries out there but there's also some uh like some people who either people want to buy this week or whom we might have to sell this week so i i I think the issue is is there's a lot of speculative sort of injuries which i suppose is where i'm most valuable so i mean we maybe we'll put it to the forum with jackson hastings and latrell and the like later but um it's those types of injuries that can really make or break your fantasy season at this point because if you hang on when you shouldn't or you sell when you shouldn't that can that can really hurt um, later on 100% alright so let's let's have a look at one thing we got wrong this week so uh, guys one thing we got wrong uh, actually that's not even one thing that I got wrong is not even right what I got wrong I just wrote that's you know I want to buy too many players and sell too many at the same time uh, the big one for me this week was uh, I actually got very lucky I didn't do I almost had Tohu as captain Thank you, Nick, for talking me out during the podcast, literally during the podcast last week, <laughs> talking me out of Tohu and onto Matty Burton. So that's got me 80-odd points, 84, something like that. So that's a huge difference. Like that's, you, you know, that's... Six, Two players worth. 100%. So, uh, look, really grateful for that. Uh, Nick... Well, I didn't get much right other than that. Um, <laughs> to, to be honest, I got many, many things wrong. So um, I got Starling wrong. Uh, I was also wrong on both my Warriors picks. So I sort of had buy ratings on Walsh and Tohu and they both fizzled. So last week was a bad week other than Burton. Mitch? Um, I mean, I think I've already said one, mine, guys. It might be the worst one of the year. I didn't pick a captain or vice captain who was playing. I can't think of a more egregious error and... Look, I can I can hide behind the mistake of I had a pretty ordinary week with uh, stuff going down at the office, but uh, wasn't good. Was yeah. not good. That that's hard to bounce back from, to be honest, because I would have had Burton, so that's seventy three points gone, and I need every bloody one of them. A hundred percent. Look, uh, then we're going to go to the naughty corner. So the big news this week: uh, John Rapana uh, has got a week off this week for kicking Nat Butcher in the face. Uh, pretty. Ooh pretty significantly uh, because uh, I know that uh, he was bleeding a fair bit uh, Egan Butcher afterwards now on the downside Egan Butcher did a bit of a dog shot as far as the low tackle to the legs as the third man so look I can understand why he got kicked but look week off for Jordan Rapano and adding to his judiciary woes for the year uh, Zach uh on what did Stu do you think uh, Jordan Rapner deserves uh, an inclusion in our flog team? 
No, I don't think he's got a bad rap sheet. Like let's he does. Go. He, he goes in with knees when he's playing fullback in the cover defence. He's, he's done that he notoriously. Does he does. He does. He does stick an arm out high and gets people high. He does. Um, it's because he plays with no chill. He's a guy I don't think necessarily. He, he got David Feeder high too in the Indigenous yep. round in a exhibition. Shoulder charge. It wasn't high. Yeah. It was the shoulder charge he to the, the sternum. Head, he? No, no, to the sternum. He, he did his ribs. Oh, was it? He's got. A, oh. He's a certified flog. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, look, I've got he, a hard flog rate on him. I'm sure he's an awesome dude. I'm sure he's an awesome dude. But man, no, he's he, got to. He's got to clean up his but game. That's true. He needs to clean up his game. He's got no chill. It's not. He's not like a niggler on the ground type of fellow. No. He's more like a. He just has a lot of, hundred and ten percent shots in him where he just he goes too hard. Um. Look, the other ish one this week, Zach Wolford, the current starting hooker for the Raiders. Boo-hoo-hoo, all us starling owners. Uh, he got a, only a fine for his crusher tackle on Joseph Suwali. So got there. The only other one there, uh, Kyle Flanagan, uh, got $1,000 for a dangerous throw on... Uh, can't even remember who it was on now. But anyway, he got a 1000 bucks, and that's it. So that's the end of the judiciary spot this week. So now we're up to the games. So guys, uh, Friday night, 7.55pm. So there's only one game this Friday. Uh, Cowboys versus the Dragons. This is pretty close to being a uh, top eight game, actually. If the Dragons had uh, won against the Titans, it would be a top eight game. So that's it. So look... uh, Looking at the Cowboys side, they're named uh, 1 to 17 as per last week by the look of it. Uh, Val Holmes, Nanai, and Cotter, they're named to return from Origin but via the bench. So they will, because it's uh, only basically 48 hours after the game, I guess they'll just be seeing how everyone backs up. Uh, so 1 to 17 is actually just as per their round 13 side, uh, except for. Yeah, and look, Tom Deedon is really the one who's most likely to play uh, because he's named as 18th man for Queensland. Uh, Mitch, what's happening with the Dragons, mate? Uh, so we've got Jaden Sullivan uh, comes back onto the bench in replace of Tyrell Fuimoono, uh, which I really like because um, I think he's dynamic. I would I would love to see Andrew McCulloch drop out of the side and use Sullivan and Embi as our hooker, but I can't have everything. Uh, and that's pretty well it. The rest of the side uh, remains the same, and I think it's close on the best rendition of uh, the Dragon side we've seen this year. Did um, Josh McGuire sort of just lurking in the background? If we get him back into the starting uh, thirteen and maybe put put McCulloch onto the reserves, yeah. I'd be a happier man. Yeah, J- Jaden Sewer looks close to return there from the ninth yeah, spot as well. And and that's uh, that's another be inclusion so look i think the dragons have sorted out their back line like this is as good as it's going to get obviously rubber is out but i thought tata moga looked pretty good yep and uh, amon seems to be coming into his own at 5-8 so this is going to be a close game boys i actually don't think the dragons are that far off if they can um keep it together up the middle 100 percent. i i like i like this too it's like Jaden sewer like it looks like Tarek sims he may not back up because he's been named on an edge for origin so he's been named at 12 here, but like 50-50, whether he backs up 48 hours on. He's a very fit man, but I guess it just depends on how he's feeling, probably. Uh, but look, Jaden Sewer close to return. 
Uh, I reckon if Jaden Sewer on an edge, Turk Sims at that 14 role, Jaden Sullivan as uh, hooker. And then you'd have, uh, don't forget, uh, Josh Maguire as well. Yeah, that's it, Joshy Maguire. Oh, he's you could easily man. play Jaden Sullivan there and have Mbai at 14. And that that's, suddenly becomes a bit spicy up middle. That's sort of, you have that sort of uh, Damien Cook vibe going up there against a big, nasty pack. And that might that might have a bit of punch and give him some more options out wide. So we'll see. 100%. And then they just need to work out what to do with Jackie Bird. But I guess that's a good problem to have. If you've got a guy like him and you're like, what do I do with him? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Mitch, who have you got this week? I uh, just got the one this week, boys. Cody Ramsey. So 39 points against uh, the Bulldogs. He's got a two break even and sitting in 315k. He certainly looked the business again against the Dogs. Unfortunately, it's the Dogs without Trent Barrett. So, <laughs> so far, I think he's the best rendition of fullback at St. George. The real issue is job security. Hook has been hooking people left, right, and center out of that position. So, if you believe in Ramsey and you think you'll be able to consistently spit out 40-plus point games a week, then it's this week or, or never. I I think maybe he, he lurks in the, the between 30 to 35, and maybe my comparison is a better ball-running Blake Taff without the kicking duties. Uh, and at that point, you're banking on him making uh, line breaks and tries. And while I think the Dragons might actually be getting it together in some form or another, they're not an attacking juggernaut this year. So I think it's he's still a stay away and it's quite a risk. I don't know if there's 100k cash there. And at this point of the year, I'd probably want a little bit more than that to, to, to make that sort of risky play. Easy. No, that's, that's good to know. Yeah, I, I agree about Ramsey. I, especially this week, because there's a couple of other fellows who you could possibly put it on as well. So, such as uh, Ezra Mam or Avarillo. So, yeah, I think Cody Ramsey this week. It would only be if you're absolutely desperate for wing fullback cover. Because he's not DPP either, which is a bit of a concern. No no dual nah, position compared to right. some of those other fellas. All right, Nick, who have you got, mate? Reese Robson, boys, 67 points, 45 I break even 740. Look great against the lowly Titans with a try line break and 40 tackles along with 116 running meters. He looks a keeper at this stage. Um, the Jake Granville fears are gone, I'd say. So if you don't love Marnie for whatever reason or anything like that, is Robson your man? I wish I got Robson last week. Uh, that would have helped my score. Um, I've still got a buy rating on Bruce Robson, guys. I'm sure there's no disagreements there. No. He's, he's genuinely looking the business this year. He's looking like he he's almost looking like rep level at hooker. Do, do you know what's we've been on the pulse, or certainly Nick and Stu, you've been on the pulse all year. The one team we've really whiffed on is the Cowboys. Mm. I haven't. I still don't believe in them. How did they go against the Panthers though? They look terrible. Uh, oh, but. Yeah. The Panthers have done that to everyone apart from Parramatta this year, to be fair. There you go. They, they've made everyone... They look made the loot roosters look like rubbish. They made, the Dragons look pretty good against them. The Dragons did look good against them. So, But that was also a clearyless um, Panthers. That's true, but the ref was paid about 10K to make sure that they won. <laughs> I'm oh. sceptical. I'm sceptical. I'm sceptical about uh, the Cowboys in the in the Queensland Origin squad. I'm glad they picked lots of Cowboys. So um, I've already apologised to Cowboys fans, but back of my head still thinks, you know, let, let's wait until the season plays out. The fact they're not wooden spooners means it's a huge win. 
the fact that they tuned up the fact that they tuned up Melbourne so well is a plus in my side though if they yeah, if Melbourne tuned M- Melbourne them up, themselves said they didn't turn up that night you know oh, they, of course. they weren't Melbourne but so. but they, they weren't Melbourne but win, still win, 30, 30 points worth of wins yep. as well yeah anyway yeah, you don't see that often no so which is which is why I think that there is something to this Cowboys and I was watching their structures the other night they're kicking they're making the plays early they're not waiting to play four or play five like a lot of the bottom sides where they hit it up for three get it to one side on four and then swing back to the other on five like on the big sweeping play they'll play play two play three play four whenever it's on it's on and their attacking structure they're playing really deep which gives them a lot of room to play with so i've i've been very impressed with their attack and as Fox Sports has been trying to yell at me all this weekend, they're only conceding about six points, like less than six points in the second half in their last eight games. Wow. So, Which means their fitness is up. The defensive structure's there and their fitness is up. Mm. Because if you watch sides which get blown away in the second half, it's generally because they're, um, they're running out of puff. Anyway... Uh, guys, a couple of Cowboys to talk about this week. Jason Taumalolo, 69 points last week. So I know that we talked about should we pick him up last week. If he did, you got rewarded. I know you lost a bit of coin, but you got rewarded with almost 70 points. This week he's got a 49 break even. He's 559k. So don't expect high 60s every week. But a forward who can hit this mark hit a 69 at five, mid 500k is worth a look. I have a buy rating, a pretty strong buy rating on Jason Talmalolo. I've got a hard buy rating on him and I think against St. George, uh, they've struggled against the quick play of the ball all year. I think Talmalolo, like Crichton and a few others will benefit off that. That's fair. And look, I'm just having a look at the next few rounds for Jason Talmalolo as well. I know he doesn't play round 17, so you've got to Add that in. So he's playing the Dragons this week. He's playing the Sea Eagles round 15. The Seagulls have been up and down. Uh, he's playing the Broncos round 16. And the last four is Roosters, Warriors, Rabbitohs, Panthers. So, and the Bulldogs round 21. So, look, the Cowboys don't have the roughest run home. I reckon Talmalolo is probably worth a punt. Nick? Even if he even if he gets fifty points a game, right? Fifty five points a game is still worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, at fifty points a game, you just leave him in there for the rest of the season. You put all your DPPs everywhere else. Yeah, fifty points. He's worth six hundred fifty grand, and you get him for five fifty. You getting back on Nick? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm just fiddling with my team now, and he's back in. Easy problem solved. Uh, the other the other thing that sits in the back of my head, you've got a whole bunch of guys with high break evens like uh, Taylor May and whatever else. It's literally a straight swap for these guys that you picked up at oh. 300k. Oh, I love that. 300k player becomes Jason Tamalolo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Gross. And look, Tamalolo's looking fit, which is the other good thing. So he looked like that knee injury was very much just a precaution, like a minor strain, which is... Good news for us, right, Mitch? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we called that uh, two weeks ago. We said, uh, I think you said to me, Stu, it was only going to be a week and you were right. And he cracked out 69 or 70 points. So it's, poof, 
Yeah, I thought it would him a couple of weeks. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty pleased he's he's already got that break even back down. Hundred percent. Now look, guys, I got another one who is very interesting to me. It's a bit of a pod. Scott Drinkwater, five hundred fifty-three k. DPP half wing fullback. He's got a 30 break even. He got 68 points on the weekend. That 68 points uh, was a great mix of stats as well. So four goals. So he's kicking goals, right? Uh, with Val gone. With, with, with Val out. Three try assists, three line break assists. He only did seven tackles, right? And he ran for 226 meters and kicked for 161. He did have five missed tackles. So, uh, and a, f- a few other stats to pat him out. So, guys, it looks like Drinkwater is there for the season. It looks like the Cowboys, like, I'm no longer worried that Scott Drinkwater will be the fullback for the rest of the year. Are you? No, not at all. No. So, uh, acknowledging that, right, and knowing that he'll lose the kick next week, do you reckon Scott Drinkwater is worth a buy as your cover wing fullback half? for the rest of the season so again he is literally you, you trade Taylor May for Scott Drinkwater you get three green in your bank and you get a guy who's wing fullback slash half and he's playing fullback and he'll pick he's got a bit of kicking some attacking stats and some playmaking stats in him what do you guys reckon I think basically it comes down to do you believe in the Cowboys I do not but I don't hate the trade Fair enough. It, Nick, it's not a bad trade. I'm I'm hugely optimistic on Drinkwater. I think he definitely passes the eye test. He's integral to that team and that attack. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm extremely high on him as a pod. So if you're looking just for something different, um, I think I know I said I was skeptical on the Cowboys, but you know, taking my emotions out of it, they are the real deal according to their place on the ladder. Um, they've got good go forward and he really is the creative spark in the team you know like they say Scott minus some points and he's been delivering um, in terms of the goal kicking guys he had as Stu said five missed, tack- uh, five missed tackles so really they sort of offset each other uh, if you say okay well that many missed tackles an anomaly so is the four goals so he still would have scored you know 60s if he just missed a couple less tackles which um, he usually doesn't miss many at fullback because obviously they don't make many tackles. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to do it, but I, I, I do have a buy rating for sure. Yep. I'm very close to buying him this week. It's just how I can fit him in. So I've I've got a few decisions to make this week, whether I go hard on the trades this week or save him. Do you uh, go as a keeper then, Stu? It's oh, a good thing you're limited to 21 players, hey, Stu, and you're not with 60. No, oh, I would. I would for him. But... Uh, I, the way that I see it is, is that he will only go up in value and there's a few guys who you, we have to make decisions about. Like, especially you've got, for me, I've got three Panthers backliners. They're all worth about 550K in Crichton, Targo and May, who I'm going to talk about a bit later on. But they're all kind of at the point of decision. Like, do you keep them or are you selling? Are you cashing out? And so... Those are the sort of decisions where, like, if you trade all three out this week, that gives you a million and a half plus whatever you got in the bank. And it's a pretty tasty option for him. So, look, I, I'm very keen. I'm almost certain Drinkwater ends up in my team this week. 
So you got him as a keeper then? Uh, yeah, 100% bench keeper. He's he's the fourth wing fullback. He'll cover Origin. He won't play round 17, but he's also a uh, cover for half because Cleary might miss a game here or there. And it allows you to start dropping guys like Ilias Walters out of your team. Because you don't need the cover anymore. Mm. And... Uh, what it was I going to say and it also allows you to muck around with Nico Hines a little bit so yeah mm. definitely I've got a uh, w- let's look at the last five for Drinkwater hey so Scotty Drinkwater last five so he got a 14 versus the Panthers right which is probably to be expected they got slapped he got 60 versus the Storm he got a 29 versus the Tigers and a 29 versus uh, North Queensland and before that, it was a 50 and a 53 against uh, the Titans and the Parramatta. So it will be up and down. But the plus side is, is that it doesn't look like he's going to lose his job. So anyway, I- I'm willing to take the risk. Who have we got for this game, boys? Oh, that's a good question, mate. Uh, I've got the Cowboys by 20. Oh, jeez. No, I, I, that... That does change if the guys from Origin don't back up, right? I'll reduce it by four points per player who doesn't back up. So, how about you? Um, are Mitch? they playing? Are they playing in North Queensland? They're playing in North Queensland, mate. I I can't. I got to take freaking Cowboys. I got Cowboys by twelve. Excellent. <laughs> I got Cowboys by six. I think it might be a bit closer. Yeah. Oh, look, it, it certainly might be. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that one goes. The Dragons, they do need to start winning games like this if they want to be any higher than eighth. They've got to start winning games, period. 100%. But it's these type of games. They're coming up against a team which has lost a lot of players for origin. They're a little bit under strength. It's whether they can put one over. They've literally only got one player out. And it looks like, I'm going to say, Ben Hunt will only play 30 minutes in origin. So uh, he's been named. So they need to win these games. Uh, next up, Saturday, 3 p.m. Uh, 3 p.m., go to the park with your kids, you know. Uh, maybe mow your lawn because it's the Titans versus the Rabbitohs, and both teams have not been very good lately. Uh, Nick, what's happening with the Titans? Mate, I am um, just bringing it up. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Jaden Campbell. So he's gone, as we mentioned, with the hamstrings. So AJ Brimson replaced him at fullback, bringing Paul Turner in at 5'8 for his club debut. So um, the other one there, guys, is Greg. Greg did Greg Marzu play last week? I don't yeah, think. No, Greg Marzu is back. Yes. Yeah, so he's back in, and um, Corey Thompson's been dropped into the reserves. Um, that's the other main change I can see. And we mentioned. Last week, we, we think Greg Mars is a decent player, so it's good to see him back. It is, though. I feel sorry for Corey Thompson. He was the player's player of the year, a couple of years running at the Tigers, right? And the Titans have made him worse. Imagine being... No, he, he, he's still good. He's still good. They should just get rid of Jermaine Asako. That's, that's the obvious thing they should do. I think they've only got him in at the moment because they're trying to take the pressure of goal-kicking off um, poor Toby Sexton. I think yeah, that's probably. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's yep. it. All right, what is happening with the Rabbitohs, Mitch? Uh, so Cameron Murray and Jai Arrow are named to come back from origin. Uh, Peter Mamuzelos is named on the bench with Blake Taff dropping out. So any of you but Blake Jai, Taff... Jai Arrow isn't even in the 17, isn't he? Like 19th man for origin? Yeah, he is. So, so, he, so he's definitely going to play. 
Yeah, it's and they've also named Cookie as well. Yeah. So, well, that, that's good to know. Uh, and our good mates, I'm I'm just having a look. There is absolutely uh, no chance of uh, people's playing because he's not in the. 24 anywhere. Well, I'll I'll start with people's guys. Yeet him out of your team. He's not on the 24, that is. So <laughs> I made a boo-boo by holding him. And I'm pretty confident you can now yeet him. Because um, if he's not going to play now, he's never going to play. If, if, if he's not even named to the 24, he's got to go. Uh, Ezra Mam is possibly worth looking for. Actually, Mitch, Tyson Gamble. Uh, that's one guy that we didn't talk about, Does, whether he's injured or not. Don't know whether you're able to find out something about that. I'll because try. Ezra Mam's been named... Yeah, all good, because that's a right, good I'll target. Keep, I'll keep going. Lockie Ilias, guys, 473K with the 33 break even. Stu was sort of asking how much longer can we keep him. So I'm just going to go th- go through this. I've done a little bit of a deep dive. First three weeks, he averaged 19.7. Everyone was saying, buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, Lockie Ilias, you guys know nothing. Well, since then, he's played every single game of this season, right? He's averaged 35.3. So for, you know, what was he, 300K to start? He's already made 173K if you've held him. He's almost at a price target of 500k, which we had at the beginning of the season, and he plays round 17. So he appears to be in favour in terms of job security. If he's your biggest problem in your team, I think you're going really well, mm. right? Because I've got way more problems in my team than worrying about Lockie Ilias. He's not a must-sell yet, and he will play around 17, so move him on after that. Hold. Any disagreements? Yes. You? No, hold unless he's the key piece in some friggin' trade. Yeah, 100%. Hold. Even then, even I then, think just, just close to a hold for even longer. Like, there's no reason to sell him. He's only getting better, guys. Oh, just, just, just to cash it out and move uh, it on. The, yeah, the, the, sometimes it's one of those ones where you cash him down to just say, like, Ezra Mam or Jake Averillo, you bank 150K, and that allows you to get in Dylan Brown. Right. Well, that's that, that's true, but he, he, there's no urgency, right? If, if Lachlan no. Elias is your biggest problem, far out. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it, guys. Blake Taff, 335k. He scored five and 90 minutes off the bench in round 12 <laughs> and a break in minute 42. So he appears to have been dropped for Kodak Arima, especially with Latrell looking at coming back. Um, who do I want to sell to? Stu asks. Xavier Savage appears to be an obvious one. Real Reese Walsh is another option. Stu reckons Ezra Mam. Jake Avrilo, there are other guys out there we'll go through it. Savior Savage is definitely worth a definitely worth a look, though obviously there's no guarantee he yeah, keeps we'll, it when we'll Charles comes we'll find, back. We'll, we'll find some more um, guys later in the pot, I'd say. But AJ Brimson, guys, 551k. I'm only bringing him up because he's playing fullback and everyone's always oh, playing fullback. He's only averaged 41.2 over the last three seasons in fullback, which gives him a price target of about what he's priced at now. So he's a nice play. He's great to watch. Good at having your team. Titans fans pick him up. Everyone else avoid. Sold. Yep. What do you got, Mitch? Uh, real Are quick. You, real quick one. Mate. Um, <laughs> Stu, Stu has a sick sense of humor putting this one in there for me. Uh, I've got Bo Fermor, 44 points uh, with a 49 break even. He's currently listed at 604K. Played round 13, but he is now starting to bleed cash. God, I wish he was in my team. Um, is it time to sell? Well, I don't know if I'm any sort of authority on trying to determine this given I sold him round two and he cracked out 200k plus worth of value. Um, I feel like he probably has hit his price point and Taumalolo might be a nice nice little uh, pivot move. You bank 40k and you get Jason Taumalolo. That's not so bad. Mm. Uh, boys, as well. Uh, the, yep. Yeah, Fermo's been really consistent, but it's definitely... I, it, sorry, it's not definitely, but it's a good time to move on. If he's your... 
biggest problem, like you got a good team, obviously, but now, now think about cashing up. Yeah, I, I, I'd say like my brain says that if you got him, if you trade him to just say a Luke Garner and then you use that money to get someone else really good, you'll be absolutely laughing. Yeah, potentially. What do you got, Stu? Mate, a uh, couple of like guys. Toby Sexton. I got him in last week. 50 points, 23 break-even, 548k. Now, this is probably the last week to get on Sexton before his price gets too high. So he played very well in his points last week. He got his try. He did well with his kicking game. It's just the Titans started to fall away again. Um, Justin Holbrook, I know that we've just lost. We didn't really do the news this week. But uh, I guess I guess we'll do that at the end about all the coaching turnover. But Justin Holbrook, he's got to be close to the end of his thread if this team cannot perform. Because he's had a long time to have a run in it. So I expect to see Toby Sexton. They're going to keep on throwing stuff at him until it sticks. He's the only guy that they've got. So Yeah, but he, is he good though? He's he's good. I'll, I was looking back through his history the other day before I bought him. Is he good? No, no, he's, okay, he's Australian schoolboys. He is the halves, uh, halves partner of Sam Walker. So same era. Uh, and like I'm watching the tape on him. He's a very good player. So I think Sam Walker's better. Sam Walker's a different style of player, but I reckon Toby Sexton is, is the more polished. Uh, Do you know what the problem half. for Toby Sexton is? He's playing he for, the for the Titans. Yep, that's his problem. <laughs> 100%. If you put him at the Roosters, he would look as good as yeah, Sam Walker that, does. That's it. So, you know, from a fantasy disagree, point of view, do we do with that? To, uh, no, nah. but, but the, Sam Walker is a way better talent than Tony no. Sexton. Oh, it, it, I, I agree with Nick on that, but I'm just going to let it go through to the key no, because I want to be yeah. on. No, I, I, yeah. I'm just saying that with Toby Sexton, this is that, especially with AJ Brimson now, he drinks all the milkshake. He'll do all the kicking. He'll do all the work in this team, right? I disagree. I think AJ is still going to do kicking just like Jaden Campbell did. Okay. Anyway, I, I've i got we, him. We in. saw what Toby Sexton was like at the start of you with AJ and 5'8". It was like a couple of rounds of good and then he was poop. That's it. I, th- I think he's had a bit of time to learn since then. So I think he's turned the corner, but obviously yeah. contentious. So Extremely all, contentious. Like he, he, he has, has played halfback once in round 15 and 2020, and he scored a 49, and he only kicked 50 kick metres. So maybe he got a point, Stu. So from a half milkshake. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Look, what, look how ben, well Ben Hunt did for a few weeks drinking all the milkshake. He still didn't do well. You've got to be careful with that. That's true. Um, the next one is uh, Damien Cook and Cam Murray. So they're named this week. So guys, look, Cam Murray is 869K, Damien Cook 887K. They're the premier um, middle and hooker combination at the moment, uh, as I properly aside. So guys, I start having to think about when you want to bring these guys in and putting some money aside because the rabbits are still running all their play down the middle and they're still these guys are still playing 75 plus minutes a game uh so hold off until after origin because these guys will be bashed during origin like they will they will be very heavily worked over but pencil them in for round 18 round 19 depending on how they pull up start saving now would like do either of you have any disagreement on that for Cookie or Cam Murray nope 
Completely nope. agree, mate. Easy. Okay, so who have we got winning this one, guys? Uh, Titans versus Rabbitohs. I got the Bunnies by 18. Excellent. Mitch? Bunnies by 16. Excellent. And look, I have the Titans plus 12. Oh, I'll uh, take a sandwich on that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to give a sandwich on that, mate. I'm just hoping that the Titans actually show up for this one. It's their best chance is with, uh, especially if Cookie and uh, Cam Murray are out for origin, right? And they're bringing in like Liam Knight and whoever else into cover. So I would say um, that's their best shot is if those two don't play. If they do play, then yeah, the Rabbits win. Uh, Look, we get to the 5.30 game. Now, when I said before, make sure you go out, you know, walk your dog, go out on a date. Come home for 5.30 because the Roosters are playing the Storm uh, at the SCG. So with the Roosters side, uh, Tedesco, Daniel Tupu and Lindsay Collins are all named to back up for origin. Jeremy Hargraves and his hamstring injury keep him out again. So he was a late withdrawal last week with a hamstring injury. Joe Rahira Hargraves, he's out again. Uh, with that, Billy Smith goes all the way back to 23, Kevin Nagama to 22, which makes sense because they were part of the reason why the Roosters lost last week. Uh, Mitch, what's happening with the Storm? Uh, so we've got Nelson Asafa Solomono back into the front row. Uh, Cameron Munster, Felice Kafusi, Xavier Coates, and Harry Grant are all named to back up from Origin, uh, and I'm sure they'll they'll really want them to do that because they're in trouble uh, without them. Excellent. All right, look, I'll kick us off for this one. Joey Manu. So I got him in last week, 87 points. He's got a <laughs> 20 break even, 673k. How did you bring him in, Stu? I stopped on the side of the road I was going out I had my daughter in the car with me I pulled over to the side of the road about 4 o'clock I was sort of hearing them starting the game up on ABC radio and I'm thinking to myself oh jeez it's like I probably need some points in my team what am I going to do so I pull over to the side of the road I put myself into park and I go who is there it's like there's only Joey Manu worth buying in that team because I already had Angus Crichton and I'm like uh, not sure about Jackson Hastings' foot, so I ch- I change him over. I I do the swap. Muck around with, yeah, I muck around with my team, and then about sixty seconds, later, I'm like, "What happens if he gets a 30? Oh my god! Anyway, so I start trying to do the reverse. It's too late. So the game <laughs> the game started. The kickoff started. I'm like, because I've I've kicked off Jackson Hastings for like a Joey Marnie one week special of thirty, and I'm listening to the game as we're driving along, and I'm like, come on, Joey! It's like every time he's mentioned on the radio, and fortunately he pulls out a big score of eighty seven. Mate, any other team other than maybe Melbourne, this dude's playing fullback every friggin' week. I've said it before. He is an absolute stud, Jay Mane. He's awesome. He <laughs> must love the Roosters. He honestly must because I reckon St. George is signing for eight, 900K tomorrow. Oh, and one, one point something million, I reckon. He's probably the third best fullback in the game. And he's not even playing fullback. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong there. And, and it, what's more, he doesn't get injured unless Latrell bashes him in the face. Uh, no, he's fit. He, he, he's, he's like he's, he's free from injuries most of the time. So, yeah, he, he's definitely worth uh, worth holding on to. So, look, 87 points. I uh, tried to do everything himself, which probably hurt them in the end. But for fantasy, that's great. The issue is with Joey Manu. 
he's probably only going to get one to two cracks more. He might play fullback this weekend if Teddy pulls up a bit lame from this week's game. So there's every chance that Joey Manu does play fullback this week, but there's only one or two more games that he gets this year unless Teddy's injured. So at 673k, he's very much a trap. Um, I bought him in at the price as a keeper wing fullback and to get me some points for the buy. Uh, sorry, uh, keeper center, I mean. But at 673, I can't justify bringing him in. Any disagreement from you fellas? No. And I, I uh, put caution to the wind about bringing him in in the first place, let alone just for that week. So, yeah, I, I'm the full wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pile, personally. Yeah, so, look, Joe Manu... Uh, and now, of course, if Teddy is injured, everything oh, changes. Oh, different story, different story. Different you buy story. him at whatever price yeah. he's at. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. next one, Joseph Suwali, 24 points, 389k. He Look, he got a great try in the air. Um, but it's a tough game versus the Raiders. Uh, keep an eye on Suwali as he will come good and go on a run. He's uh, probably, I'm going to say, a week or two away from being a very solid cash down buy. So if you need one of those uh, two 500k players and you trade down for Suwali and you trade up for another fella, He's a great target to have in mind, so keep an eye on Joseph Suwali. Um, he will score points. He's playing out of his skin a lot of weeks, just how hard he's playing the ball he's playing. Uh, they, um, the Blue squad reckon that he could just walk into the team tomorrow. Like, he's got that sort of athleticism and skill. He's archetypal origin player. That's he's like big. He's, 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 he's what they would rather instead of Tupo. Like, he played... You know, Stu often says it. He's got no chill, man. Tupo's like an awkward draft. So while he plays like a freaking rhinoceros, he just runs stuff over. He's, yeah, he's, he's you know, I, I was a year or two off, as I've said to you before, Nick, you called it. He's he's going to be the business this year, um, which is scary for the future. Like uh, my likeness would be uh, Israel Folau. Hopefully yeah. he doesn't have the same sentiments. Uh, if <laughs> the only difference is, is that I reckon if they had... Um if they had their original centre pairing of Latrell and Turbo in there, I reckon he'd be playing this year. It's only because they don't want all the inexperience on one edge. Yeah, we agreed. So, because uh, you've got brand new centres, you don't want brand new wingers next to them too. Yeah, so they've got that's two. a great way to throw away the trophy, for sure. 100%. Well, if you look at what Queensland's done, they got very new, very raw wingers, but they got a couple of very experienced centres in Val Holmes and Gagai. So that's why yep. they can get away with it because yep. they've got good people on the inside yelling at them to get into position. <laughs> All right, last one, Luke Keary and Sam Walker. Now, guys, I'm going to just, this will probably be the last time I talk about these two. Uh, I'm just writing them off for the year while they work out their combination. Like, unless something massively changes with these two, they neither of them are fantasy relevant. Like, they just, they have not worked out this combination. There aren't enough points between them to be worth buying. So, unlike other halves combinations, like just say uh, Brown and Moses, right? Where they've obviously worked out how they're going to play the ball. These two just have not. And there's just, because of that, they're not scoring very well. So, that's it for me for these guys. And that is the end of Kiri and Walker for my discussions this year. I might take a note of 
to f call you on it when you bring them up in three weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, I left myself the out. If something massively changed, I'd just say, mate, well, the, the, you know, the facts changed. You know, that's oh, always my out. Right? All right, I might quickly talk about this one, boys. So we've got Ryan Pappenhausen. Look, in a year where we've had a, an absolute dearth of good winger fullbacks, He's due back next round. Uh, basically, the question that was put to me was, how long do I think it'll be till we want Paps back in our 17? I'd be looking at least a week or two. Hamstring and knee injury. Paps is all about the attacking stats, tries, line breaks, assists. I think they'll try and get him in there pretty quickly. I think he'll be very slightly underdone. Uh, you won't lose your shirt on... Um, him having a, a one or two good weeks and if he does just pay you the extra cash because you know he's back to to where he's at but i would want one to two weeks before bringing him back in so start making a play for maybe uh just after that second origin game i would say fair enough all right uh nick who have you got me now butcher guys he only popped off a 31 uh d6 break even at 592k he got the 40 minutes at lock, so um, that's not good. Uh, he's still got a runway with Radley due back around 19, according to the NRL Casualty Award. So he's still a stro stronghold at this stage with his job security definitely there. Um, if his minutes are low again, then we may be concerned. So I'd just wait another week, but his uh, break-in with 36, I'm not particularly worried, so hold. Jerome Hughes, guys, Stu's giving me this one. 65 break-even and 659k. So with Munster possibly taking a step back during Origin, will Hughes reassert himself? Not having Pappenhausen um, isn't a huge problem for Hughes' scoring because he actually scores better without him to sort of back into Mitch with Paps coming back. Um, so just for some context, he scores 56 without him and 49 with him in 2020. And then he scored nearly 70 last year with him and 55... Uh, sorry, nearly 70 without him and 55 with him in 2021. So um, until Paps is back, I actually probably would back Hughes at this stage because you're getting me in a nice 102k discount for where he was in round three. So he's got the pedigree, he's got the eye test, he's got the team. Um, it looks like they're actually putting their, their 17 back together, Storm, without um, Paps, obviously. So I'd be very tempted to jump on Hughes just based upon no Pappenhausen. And Hugh scores better. Uh, he having to do more load without Munster, which Stu said. And also, just the team just getting healthier. I mean, I know you still got your Dean Aramayas, your Marion Surveys, you know, some of these guys in the team, which... Welsh. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're just missing some, some of their top uh, first graders still, but it's looking like a better team than it was, like, over the last two, three weeks when they've had some big outs. So, I would be tempted on Jerome Humes. I'm not going to do it, but... I wouldn't be mad if someone did it. Hmm. No, definitely that. Uh, yeah, I just want to see, uh, probably, because I saw a few people looking to bring in Hughes this week, I probably want to see one good game from Hughes first. Like, you know, on the three-dates principle, I'd at least want to see one. Like, Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet him having a good game this week against the Roosters. I wouldn't bet on that. No, that's it. So it's it's one of those ones where you just gotta you just gotta wait, wait for this price to hit the right point and jump on. Yeah, maybe in a week or two. Um, I've got the Roosters by two, if the team lists are as. I've just got a really tight game. Uh, Mitch, what have you got, mate? Uh, I always like to take Melbourne in this game, and I think the the, the Melbourne are going to expose that. Um, poor combination that the Roosters have at half at the moment as far as they're not poor players that they haven't got it together so I got Storm by 14 Storm by if 14. the team lists stay the same yep 
I've got Storm by six with Origin players back up. Otherwise, I've got the Roosters by eight because yep. I think that's uh, if if Munster. Well, I'm talking about like you know if you got Munster not playing, if you got Harry Grant not playing, if if you just even just that right, that's a lot of hurt on the Storm. They've shown that they're just they're not operating at full speed when they've got Brandon Smith and they're missing Munster. Because after Munster, they're playing Tyrone Wishart at half. So that's a you can tell the difference, can't you? Yeah, it's brutal, eh? Hundred percent. Okay, I won't try not to say hundred percent anymore because people pay me out about it. So anyway, move on. 100%. <laughs> All right, next game. Hundred percent, man. Don't you give me a hard time? Actually, you know what? Hundred hundred ten percent, man. <laughs> I'd I'd be interested if you guys want to watch this one because the five thirty game and then the seven thirty game is quality too. Broncos versus yeah, Raiders. What, we're going to do a Huxley's? I'm up for it, mate, if you are. Because 7.30, Broncos versus Raiders. Oh, I do love the milk. I'll that's ask him. Excellent. Have we, got, have we got a Bulldogs game? No, we don't. That's no, that's fun. Sunday, mate. Damn. Yeah, so, I'll ask her. I'll ask her. 100%. Ah, oh, damn it. I lost like eight seconds. Mate, 120%. <laughs> I just said 100. I didn't get to the percent part. Maybe that's all right. So... I'll, I'll, do, I'll have to I'll have to shorten it and just call it Hundy. Anyway, moving on. Broncos versus the Raiders, 7.30 p.m. Saturday. Uh, Adam Reynolds is back, uh, whereas uh, Ezra Mam has been named at six uh, with Tyson Gamble has dropped all the way out of the 24. So he must be injured. So, Mitch, did we find out anything about that injury? Yeah. They're saying he's got a leg injury, so I looked everywhere. It's like it's like a leg injury, so it's like Tyson Gamble's hurt, guys. That's that's about as good as I can do for you. Fuck. Um, okay, so pretty frustrating to be honest. I understand. I'll I'll, uh, I'll give Broncos HQ a call this week. I'll see what I can get out of them. Um, so I'll send one of the old boys or something. Maybe they will give me something. Uh, all right. Well, look, Ezra Mam is at six. Kirk Capewell is not named to back up from Origin, which is probably pretty good because Kirk Capewell, I don't think he's put two games in a row together this year. Uh, Payne Haas and Katoni Staggs and Selwyn Cobo are named to back up. So it definitely looks like Kirk Capewell, they're keeping for the big games. Uh, Mitch, what's happening with the milk? Uh, so Jordan Rapiner is out suspended for being a flog. Bringing in James Schiller onto the win. Jackie Whiten is named to return from origin duties, as is Josh Papalee. So we finally kind of get to see that that milk side that I really hoped we would see. I mean, this team's looking really dynamic now that you've got uh, Jack Whiten able to run the ball. You've got Xavier Savage, who can really light it up. Uh, Kotrich on the wing and Fogarty running the show. If uh, they're going to take flight, it's going to be this week. This is a big game for them. 100%. Ah, man. (laughs) Okay, anyway. Uh, Other news, Adam Elliott's named at 13. Interesting bench for this one. So you've got Tommy Starling still at 14. Zach Wolford still at 9. Ryan Sutton also in there. Corey Herrera-Naira is is, uh, named to return from COVID. And Corey Horsburgh. So that's a... Good bench. It's a pretty good bench. Matt Frawley's out to 19. Uh... And Adrian Trevelyan uh, pushed out to 22. All right, Mitch, who are we looking at here? 
Uh, just a quick one uh, for the injuries to start with. So Adam Reynolds, he's a 44 break-even at 803Ks. Look, we've talked about it before that uh, Reynolds has sort of shown that he's got the go this year, but is there any concern about him being injured? Look, Reynolds has always been a bit of a niggly player. It's something I flagged earlier in the preseason when we were debating whether we take him or not. And I sort of talked, I think, you guys out of it by saying that he does have these injuries in him. I, I think that said, he is generally pretty good at managing them. He just has one or two in him a season. He's probably got another one or two in him uh, after this. So he sort of had the groin and then a bit of a hamstring niggle. He'll, he'll probably have one more before it's all said and done. At 803k, it's probably not worth it at this point because I reckon there'll be more. If you have him, he's a hold because he's going to keep cracking out 60 to 70 point games. But I certainly wouldn't be getting on him just because that was, there is that looming risk and at 803k... A week or two off at this point of the year really does hurt. Mm. Jamal Fogarty, I thought he looked pretty good in that general role against the Roosters. He's at 47 points with a 52 break-even. Um, he's been able to demonstrate time and again for the Titans that he can run the game well, and he showed that against the Raiders. I think he'll look really, really good once he brings Jack White in, though he will lose some of the kicking duties. Uh he may potentially be worth a buy over the next fortnight. I just don't know if the cash is there. Um, Nick and Stu, what are your thoughts? Nick, you, you go, Stu. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, 52 break-even. So you got a little bit of time. I would want to see his score exceed his break-even until I got him in. So he does show that he can run the show. And it looks like he'll be goal-kicking as well. So that's just great because the milk's actually scoring points. So I definitely want to see that, but I would, I would honestly be hoping that he drops a little bit of coin, and then uh, possibly be jumping onto him. Then, Ed, I'm keen. I'm, I'm a huge Fogarty believer. I think he's way better than Toby Sexton, and way I better. would, I would lean towards uh, picking up um, Fogarty over Saxon just wait a couple of weeks for Fogarty he'll be right for the picking he won't play 17 so he might be around 18 target but goal kicking half he gets plenty of kick meters can run the ball too I know he's had the injury he's coming back from how, how worried are you about uh, his running game Mitch not worried okay. not worried at all he's had a long period out arthroscopes uh, have a good short term prognosis poor long term prognosis he'll either be retired or old by the time it's an issue well, yeah, I, I definitely wait for Fogarty and pick up and pick him up round eighteen. Um, so yeah, I'll be keen. I'll uh, jump into my guys now. I've got um, Hudson Young. I know I keep banging on about him, so I'm just going to dispatch him. He's a pod buy for head to head. Don't buy him overall. Um, I couldn't find any reason uh, after doing a whole bunch of research trying to find a reason to buy him because I just think he really passes the eye test at the moment, guys. That's that's just me. Anyway, Xavier Savage, 52 points, minus 10 break-even. I repeat, minus 10 break-even, 263k. Um, he's definitely done enough to be worth buying. Um, he's already made 43k last week, and we had him in a strong buy, so that's a win for us. Um, that's probably the easiest buy of the year, to be honest. You can still jump on him due, due to his low break-even. He should get a decent runway with rounds 14, 15, 16 at fullback uh, before Nicole Klockstad comes back. I wouldn't be surprised if he holds the spot after that, really, after the Raiders um, getting a good win over the Roosters. So, um, you know, uh, Ricky likes to back performance, and um, it looks like Savage uh, performed well, didn't he, Stu? He did. He certainly looked like he performed well. Uh, 
now's the week to buy if you're going to get on with that negative break even and uh, it looks like he will get a decent run this yes. week decent ball the only danger is the Broncos have actually looked pretty decent this year so with that's it, but, true mm, but just mm. a quick one uh, Broncos Knights Dragons Storm in, in, in an origin week I think Warriors and Titans oh okay that is a so nice like one. I'm looking at that going he could hold his spot he could. And, and, and well, I, I would take it a step further. The Raiders yeah. have a darn good record against the Storm. He does. And that that try that he scored where he picked that up off his boots, that was oh, very good. He, he passes the eye test. He, he has the two, you know, real bad errors in him a game. And we've seen that with Nanai, that, that you're probably going to have to wear that. And hopefully it doesn't get on Sticky's nerves too much. But he is a better player than... Charles Nickel that he's not as solid like he's going to have a few gaffes but he's got huge upside well Charles Nickel Clockstar really lost the spot even before he got injured he was playing full back for like half or three quarters of the game really and so yeah. and then he got kicked to 14 for a little while and they put Rapana back there yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty tempted even though I'm low on trades I'm pretty tempted mm. I'm, uh, d- oh, yeah. d- definitely good option if, if you got two players you know cash down cash up so, yep. uh, great target because he's bargain basement. He's probably the best bargain basement player this week. So, if you really need to go to the bottom of the table and buy someone, I reckon he's the best choice. Great. What have you got, Stu? i uh, got a couple of guys. Uh, so, look, I've heard a couple of people talking about uh, should they trade Payne Haas, 787k, 70 break even, playing Origin this week, named to back up, but will probably play less minutes. So, guys, if you are a Payne Haas owner, are you tempted to sell? No. Mitch? I did sell him earlier in the year and it was dumb. Yeah. No, f- fair so, enough. I-, I guess I guess it's where you're at. If you're a head-to-head player, you look, you can make a case for it, but there's not many forwards I can see scoring more than Payne Haas, like having a much higher upside than him, that you could use the money to go and buy this week. Like, especially because it would need to be a very solid lock. Because Payne Haas, once he's finished playing Origin, he'll play rounds 18 to 25 straight, and he'll average somewhere between 55 and 70 in that period. So you've you've got to have someone who's scoring a hell of a lot of points over the next little while as a really solid lock to buy. And I'm not even sure who that is at the moment in the middles. Would you? Do you guys know anyone who's not playing Origin who you trust to be scoring that many? Papali, maybe. Or who Harris? Tohu no, Harris. Papali for sure. Yeah, Tohu Harris just cracked out of thirty-one though. That's a concern. He'll get it together. He will. But I guess the, my concern is is that yeah, like I, I would not be selling Payne Haas unless he is injured badly. All right. Uh, but anyway, I've heard a few things there. Uh, look, I've got Adam Elliott. Uh, 67 points, 19 break even, 557k. So, guys, do not buy him. I, Sticky is still mucking around. Corey Harrier Naira is back in the team. He got a try last week. He played 60 odd minutes because they were short and because he's playing well. Ricky is a. I know people don't like him as a fantasy coach and he's not good for fantasy players, but he's a good coach. And he played the uh, by eye, which is that Adam Elliott was doing very well. So he played a lot of minutes last week. He got the try. He was busting tackles. He was tackling hard. And so he played for a long time. 
however, this week they've got some players returning. Uh, Corey Harrow and I, they've got Papali, uh, Josh Papali back. So I would say is that Adam Elliott may not, you know, get the same amount of minutes. Ricky may decide, well, guess what? You only get 45 this week. So don't buy. And if you own him, just hold. He'll crack that 600K threshold pretty soon. Uh, Ezra Mam, who I've mentioned before. Now, we're talking about break-evens. He's a minus 13 break-even. 325K, averaging 51 in his two games, but this was without Reynolds. So he's risky buy, especially while we do not know what is wrong with Adam Reynolds. So... Uh, Nick's, Nick, you got some news on Gamble? Uh, it just says lower leg soreness, possibly tibia from an underground uh, Broncos forum. <laughs> what does uh, lower leg soreness, possibly tibia may Mitch? Could be a bit of bone, bone bruising. Could be a uh, high-grade cork. So either way, what, one week? A couple of weeks. Uh. Max. Yeah, well, especially because they had the buy. Look, so. look, and I, I would say this to you, right? Who is the better player and more likely to hold his spot? Ezra Mam or Xavier Savage? Uh, uh, you got to take isn't Savage. The, isn't, isn't the question, is it Gamble going to walk back into the site? Yes, that's my question. Is like, who's the better player, oh. Ezra Mam or uh, Tyson Gamble? The Ezra Mam is definitely the, definitely, definitely the better player. He, he is, but Kevin might not do that. That's Whereas we know that Savage is probably going to hold out over uh, Nickel Clogstad. I agree right. with you that Mam is if the better player, but there's more uncertainty there. If you're um, uh, Kevy Walters, you, and you got Mam who's holding his own in first grade, he's definitely got the body for it. You know, he's with the experienced halfback, so... Um, well, he can take the line on. He has a bit of a running game, whereas Gamble just kind of sits there and doesn't do much of anything. He just acts like a he acts like a flog. That's all that Gamble does. Man's got serious talent, eh? Like he uh, he can run past kick. And this Broncos club just keeps spitting out talent. How they haven't been, you know, top four the last five years? Just I don't even know. So if we're saying Gamble could be back in a week or two, you're basically betting on man too risky. Um, I'm I'm thinking here is that it's it's definitely. Uh, lol, it's a gamble. Uh, it's percent, uh, mate. Don't you start. <laughs> so it's Ez, Ezra Mam is is a person who, if, as long as you're happy to play him somewhere in your uh, seventeen and twenty one, if you got time for cash cows, and time for and trades for risks, up your sleeve. Mm. Ezra Mam is definitely worth taking a punt on. If you're out there with eight trades, right, or six trades, or however many the minimum is. Don't get Ezra Mam because you're going to be stuck with him and Kevy could punt him all the way back to friggin' I don't know, wherever, reserve grade. So he, he could be 18th man for the rest of the year. You just don't know. I would have thought Billy Walters would have had a crack at six, but apparently not. No, I think they like that hooker rotation they've got going. It's working for them. It is. Uh, speaking of Billy Walters, Billy Walters is... He's pretty close to cashed up. Uh, he is a soft trade at this point. If you hold him, that's not an issue. But look, he can be worth a trade uh, if you've got someone good to go with. Last one. Big news. Tom Starling. 22 points last week in 30 minutes. 64 break even. 583k. 
Now I sold last week and I was telling people to sell last week and I saved 40k by doing so. Now, if you didn't sell last week, you should all be selling this week because Zach Wolford looks like he's playing the 50 minutes and Tom Starling is only getting the 30. Uh, whether that's to do with his court case or not, I know that he was before the courts uh, before round 12, but he wasn't before round 13. He still only got 30 minutes. So, not Starling season. Nick, how did you go with selling Tom Starling? Mate, I w- after our pod, I was convinced I was going to flog Starling for Marnie. And um, I then chucked on TK and his boys from Talking League. And I don't know if it was Corby or whoever it was. They said, no, 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 it should be fine. It's just one week with the court case, blah, blah, blah. Go back to minutes. Anyways, I was like, yep, cool. Yep, Mr. Shoot, mate, you're overreacting, blah, blah, blah. I was on my walk. And, mate, I that's probably my worst move of the year, losing 50K for a 20 score after thinking, oh, yeah, I'll hold him one more week, then get him next week. Losing 50K for 20 points, I'm not sure was worth it yeah. in the end. And for a trade, I would have made anyway this week. So, oh, yeah, fantasy, right? That's it. you got to listen to me, bro. If I say it's time to eject, it's time. Yeah, yeah, you you, you know that yeah, one, mate. He's definitely the eject king, Stu. He's he's called yeah, a few ones, Stu. <laughs> he has, he has. Oh, yeah. mate, is it's it's what uh, what concerns me, and it's and it's generally it's are you going to the bench? If you're going to the bench, and Tommy Starling did well to keep up his price from the bench, but he really never increased his price much from when he was starting hooker. He just kind of mm. maintained it. It was always yep. going to be a trade at some point because um, they were eventually going to find someone who's a bit of a bigger, bigger body who can tackle properly in the middle for 50 yep. minutes. Yep. All right. Okay. So 100% sell. So who have we got winning this one, guys? Uh, Nick, who have you got winning? Broncos by 16. What have you got, mate? Uh, mate, I have the Broncos by eight. Mitch? Raiders by eight. I'll take a sandwich on Nick Broncos by 16, Nick. Uh, what? Just the head-to-head? I want a four-point head start. Nah, nah, head-to-head. Man, I'm taking on, I'm taking on origin risk. Yeah, right. Okay, head-to-head done. One or, no, two, I'll give you two to one odds. Yep, done. Okay, head-to-head, two-to-one odds, done. Perfect. Okay, right. So now that our illegal gambling is done, uh, we'll move on to the Sunday game. So we had the West Tigers, who have a new coach in Brett Kilmorley. He's uh, got... Not, not, a bad, not a bad one, that one. Not a no, bad one, that. He's a bit of a thinker, and uh, look, he's got, he's got some practice in the quality of football that the Tigers have been playing because he coached the women's team, and they're about this, running about the same at the moment. As, as far as their attack goes. So. Shots fired. Oh. <laughs> Mate, all, all I can say is the Tigers have not been playing well. So they're 13th only because the teams below them have been dreadful. Uh, versus the Seagulls, who had a convincing win last week against a very poor team. So, uh, look, Tigers this week. Uh, David Nofluma is back after, what was it, HIA, and then he got dropped for drinking while on HIA recovery down to reserve grade and now he's back. That's so, bad, eh? Yeah. So, oh, 
Yeah, it is. So, uh, Rob, if you're out there, you've got him in draft. There's a reason why you held him. He's back this week, mate. So, apart from that, Jacob Little is back at hooker in place of Jake Simpkin. Jock Madden is on the bench, which brings in concern for Jackson Hastings, who is named to play. Mitch, what's happening with the Seagulls? Uh, so, Daly Cherryman's is named back after Origin, uh, and that relegates Josh Schuster to the bench. Uh, that's all the major news. So, Ruben Garrick is in at fullback. We've got Saab and uh, Tupelo Tua uh, in the wing. Harper and Kula, and I think Kula's been pretty good at the centre. Mm. Ozer and Cherry Evans are obviously in the halves. Uh, Aloe and Sipley are your pack. Broker in at hooker, and then Hamale Olakowatu, who's been an absolute beast the last few weeks, uh, is in the second row with Andrew Davey and Jake Trojevic. Then we have Dylan Walker, Schuster, as we said. Marnie to power, Mains on the bench, and then Kepi out at 17. Hmm. Excellent. So basically, Schuster is just taking um, Lawton's spot, who unfortunately is gone for the season. That's the second big injury that he's had because he did his uh, Achilles 2020. So, bad injury run for Carl Lawton. All right, Mitch, who have you got, mate? Uh, well, we I mean, we talked about him before, Jackson Hastings. Uh, 632k with that 73 break even. Are we concerned uh, he isn't kicking and running? Well, from a fantasy perspective, we absolutely are because... What we're really probably going to expect is to see a 10 to 15 point drop in performance. And at that point, we're probably going to start bleeding cash fairly rapidly. And with the limited knowledge on what we have on what the injury is, uh, and the fact it's now been lingering sort of that two to three week period, I personally am probably looking to get out of Dodge for Jason Tamalolo and pocket my 80k cash. Uh, That break is too scary. It's, it's, it's too, too scary, scary. And, and the Tigers now have no coach. Like, if I can get to a Tigerless fantasy team, which this will do for me, uh, I'm pretty keen to do it. That's true. It 100%. is time to eject all the Tigers left because he was the only one worth honing. Yep. Awesome. Unfortunately, okay. he was he was the bell of the ball all those weeks ago when one of our tips of the year, really. And now, yeah, sad to see. Uh, injury, though, which is like as much yeah. as you hate to see it at least it's it's not because of form we didn't get the form wrong. no he just he's no. just busted it's like cleary last year yeah and you made 182k not so bad 100 percent. ah okay moving <laughs> on who else have you got mitch i've got uh the, the bloke i brought up before hamoli olakuatu 64 points 46 break even he is a monster uh, he's a scary, scary man, and he's sort of a bit like, uh, and I think you made the comparison earlier in the year, Stu, he's a bit like Isaiah Papali'i. He has no chill. Mm-hmm. He's uh, come off once for a cork, uh, but otherwise, he uh, really is a man on a mission. Is he too expensive at uh, 672k? Look, if you're thinking about bringing him in as a keeper, he probably isn't. Uh, but I don't think there's much cash left in uh, Hamoli Alakwatu, and there's probably a number of other players that can fit a similar role uh, in your team that are a little bit cheaper. Any arguments from you boys? If you uh, Google Alakwatu, the one of the first things that comes up is a video that says Alakwatu sends uh, flattens helpless opponent. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, he's he's a beast, hundred uh, percent. I'm I'm huge on him. I was just thinking, he's like a young kick out. 
Yes. Better ball control. <laughs> better ball control, but less. The only thing that less I did skill? notice is that yes, aggression maybe less skill. He's he's not got. If you noticed a few times, he could have passed to the outside. Like once he makes that bust, he really has to get that pass out to his centres, and he's not doing that. He's just taking the what? runs himself. He once likes he to run people that, over, man. That's yeah, he why. does. But once he develops that, he's he's gonna be the best edge in the in the league for sure. Mm. Yeah, he, he was a li- he's a little bit lumbering, but I think that it was just also after a little while he just got a bit tired because mm. um, he was getting so much effort. I think yes, if he picks up that pass, which is the reason why I think Kickow is currently so dangerous, is simply because he has Kickow now has a pass and even the kick on occasion, which mm. means is that you just can't. You just can't tackle him. But if you try and one-on-one him, he's probably going to run you over. Yeah, so. I, I don't think he's too expensive to consider at all. I, I'm definitely looking at him. Um, hopefully a drop of form, potentially, uh, means he might be a buy after round 18, I'm, I'm hoping. Mm. Look, final team keepers. There's not been many edge-only keepers this year. But look, uh, if he can keep a run on form, like or even just have a couple of off weeks and then come back to it, Definitely. Oh, you, you, you're picking him up as a pod, that's for sure. You're, you're not, you know, following the crowd with him. No. All right, Nick, who have you got? Uh, Ruby Garrett, guys. 70 points, 24 break even, 655k. She reckons he's worth sticking as your third or fourth wing fullback. Um, he's scoring points, kicking goals, and Seagulls have a pretty soft run. If you're looking at him, he scored a double with eight goals against a really demoralized Warriors team. Um, I've got him as a buy. I kind of agree with Stu here. Uh, with his with his notes that he's rocked up here. I uh, I like Ruben Garrett. Great player, durable, kicks goals, bus tackles, runs meters, lots of carries. Um, yeah, typical type of uh, effort, type of player. Manly are going better. I think they um, obviously they racked up the points, but um, they just looked better to me last week. I know it was the Warriors and they make everyone look good, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty impressed with Ruben. Uh, any disagreements, Stu? No, I think that he'll do well, and I think he'll do well better with DC back on the side. So yep. he he is a very much an effort player, and he, he will just be sniffing around wherever the ball is. And I think there's enough skill at the Seagulls that that will translate into some try assists or tries, and then he'll yep. get the goals from it. So Yeah, he, he does just enough. Sort of. Obviously, he's not as good as Dylan Edwards, but he's a similar type of player. And he's got a, a, but he's got ten points in him for the goal kicking. That's the difference. That's it. That's it. So what I, have you got, I, Stu? I've got. Uh, look, uh, a real quick one. Adam Dewey, guys, he's not named this week, uh, but look, he's six seventy k with a fifty break even. Uh, look, he's unbuyable. Uh, Adam Dewey, I've actually had him in my draft team all year, hoping he would come back early. He has not. He's come back late now, so. But he's basically he's unplayable because he's likely to start at centre at this point, unless Brett Kamali uh, makes some mass changes uh, up at Leichhardt. The big other big one, just real quick, uh, DC. He's got a break even of seventy six this week. He'll be backing up after Origin. I know he went huge after one of his Origin games last year, but uh, depending on how he's feeling after the games, may not come up as well. Uh, who will he have running at him this year? Derek Sims? What edge are they playing, Mitch? Uh, DC will play right, surely, won't he? Yes. Uh, in which case, he'll have, what, Cam Murray? 
Yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, no, last on, no, time. No, Tarek Sims will be. It'll be Tarek left. Sims. Tarek Sims will play left edge. So it'll have Tarek Sims in his face all night. So depending on how that goes, he may be a little bit busted. I'm very much of uh, DC's for the first time this year under 800k. I want to chuck a star as soon as he stops dropping. He's definitely on my radar. If I can find a way to put him in, I want to. Yeah, round 18, but... Yeah, I, it's one of those ones where you've got to pick your timing. But, like, if he has a couple of bad games but then starts to pick up, you could even pick him up ahead of schedule. Uh, or, and he may get a rest this week, though the only danger is as well, because Foreign and Houston did play very well last week. The last one. Uh, to a Sipley... 65 points minus five break even 361k look a little bit late in the year for cash downs but if you're looking for one did pretty well because he's got his prop duties locked away uh big performance last week and he's up against the soft side this week so he did very well he scored like 45 points in 16 minutes last week so i reckon to follow simply he could be like a, again if you're looking at cash down but you need a middle forward as like a reserve like seven to, uh, 18 to 21 he could be someone worth buying because there's not many uh, middle forwards worth buying that are that cheap I think um, I think you just got to pay decent money for mid forwards guys he's got to try with the line break so like congrats to him not getting minutes and the starting prop side for the last uh, starting proposition for the last three weeks but yeah I'm personally not interested um, Mitch no, not interested. Fair enough. Uh, last one is who have we got winning? I've got Manly by eighteen. Mitch, Manly by plenty. And Nick, Manly by thirty. Ooh. Easy. Go mow your lawn and wash your car on Sunday afternoon. I think so. I, I see. I don't see a bounce back factor from the West Tigers. That's for sure. Not from their coach getting sacked. I think they'll capitulate. Bit like uh, the Bulldogs, hey Nick. That's it. One hundred percent. Yeah. Whereas I actually, I wouldn't be shocked if the Warriors rose to the occasion. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Hot, hot, hot take, but uh, I think the Tigers and the Dogs like their coach. I'm not as sure about Nathan Brown mm. and, the, and the Warriors. Mm. No. Yeah, I think I... spot on. All right, next up. Stacey, Stacey Jones, Ooh, I like that. I do like that because if nothing else, it looks like he'll be able to run some plays. Uh Speaking right. of better things to do on your Sunday afternoons, Stu. Knights versus Panthers. Uh, so, guys, we have uh, the Knights uh, at home. Phoenix Crosland has been pushed all the way out to 22 because uh, Kurt Mann has taken a spot at 14. Jacob Saifidi is taking his place uh, as a starting prop from his twin brother who's out with that medial uh, injury. Looking at the rest of the side, Mitch Barnett keeps uh, lock spot. Kalen Ponga and Dane Guy are named to return, though obviously it'll be week to week, especially with Kalen Ponga, cause, who sometimes just cops those hits. So, uh, yeah, uh, keep an eye out there. Mitch, what's happening with the Panthers, mate? Uh, Stephen Crichton, Brian Todd, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, and Isaiah Yo are named to back up from Origin, while Liam Martin returns as well from his week in Blues camp. Matt Eisenhuth rejoins the bench and ex- at the expense of Spencer Lenu. That is so he, uh, Yeah, so does that drop him out of the side? or Yeah, yeah. it does. Wow. That's it. Oh, look, Matt Eisenhuth played very well at Lock last week. 
that's a good problem to have being yeah. able to drop Spencer Lenny and yep I would uh, I would say that uh, Matt Eisenhuth though it might be that they rest Isaiah Yo this week that could be a sign there that you know they just they swing it around so good save there mate by the way thanks for that uh, and of course they've named all of their backup players in the rest of the 24 so it could be that they could all be replaced because they got Sean O'Sullivan and all the rest of the guys there uh, in the 24 just named to uh, fill in as required alright I might kick us off Look, Dave Clemmer so he's averaged 64 in his last five games and does not appear to be slowing down. Like, I thought it would just be a flash in the pan, like a couple of weeks of maintaining the rage and then back to his 45s. No, he's averaging 64. And he's underpriced. We said this last week, Stu. How did he not make an Origin squad? This is crazy. I think he's because he's a toxic form. player. Yeah, but he's been in excellent form. Like, yeah. if you want to win games, you put your good players in. Uh, disagree. If he's toxic player, don't, don't, don't ruin he, the he rest and of Andrew the... Fafita have lines through them because they're big whingers if they don't get their way. Yep, I agree. Don't put him in. New South Wales have plenty of talent. That that that, that was part of their problem during the Queensland reign of dominance. Yeah. So, look, Dave Clemmer, I, I can understand that his form warrants it, but I think it's just his personality, unfortunately. He's like a thunderstorm. He just... He brings down the mood of everyone around him. And I think they've really tried to do the opposite of that by bringing guys that pump up the team. So I didn't I think, know that at all. I, didn't, I honestly didn't know that he was a bit of a drag. Unfortunately, he and Dave, uh, sorry, Andrew Fafita, um, when they were playing together, they they both, if they didn't get their way of being starting prop, they both just had a bit of a hissy fit. Oh, my God. Got a bit of case of the sads. Um, okay. All right. Anyway, but look. He's playing for the Knights. He's on a contract year. He hasn't slowed. Daniel Saifidi is sidelined. So, guys, I have Daniel, uh, sorry, David Clemmer as a buy rating. At his current rating, he's underpriced by 110k. But either way, he is actually the form prop in the competition. He plays. Uh, he will play round 17. He he takes no rest. He won't do rep. He's good to go. What about you guys thinking about David Clemmer? I feel like I might have missed the boat on him, mate, to be honest. And uh, I need to look for cheaper options to try and find the next Clem. But if you have the cash and you have the trades, it's certainly not a bad alternative to a pain house. Hmm. Yep. Well, it'll certainly play and he won't get less minutes. Uh, this side, Newcastle's really lacking in depth. They've lost a lot of players and they just haven't replaced them like... If, you, if you're uh, running Leo Thompson and you're starting 17, you have some real problems, as us Leo Thompson owners have found out. Mm. <laughs> uh, Clemens got a 3% ownership, but no one in the top 100 has him, which is interesting. I thought maybe, you know, half a dozen might because uh, Chew flagged him as such a good buy. I thought other people might have picked that up. but I, I think mm. a lot of people have had, after his 2021 form, have got him in like the do not buy list. But yeah. I think he's he's proven like you've had five dates now, sixty four average in the last five, right? Like uh, I don't know anyone else who's cracking out that. I think he's even beating Isaiah Papali in the last five. Oh. So look, anyway, I've got a buy rating on him. Uh, last one question for you guys: the Panthers back three, which everyone probably owns, Steve, or at least has owned at some point. Steve, or two Cro- out of three. Exactly. Steve Crichton, Isaac Targo, Taylor May. They're all worth within about 15 grand of each other. So 
just having a look here, I've got, because I've got all three that I can look, Isaac Targo's 555, Taylor May's 556, Steve Crichton's 545k, right? Now we're kind of in that part of the season where they're named, but they've reached around near their peak. Are you guys thinking that people should hold on to these fellas for the rest of the season or should people start looking for exits? Um, I was looking at a uh, trilocation analysis uh, when I was trying to look at... Um, I can't remember. I was looking at someone. and um, But I, I saw the Panthers guys. Guess how many percent of their tries they scored down the left-hand side? 50%? 56%. So if you're um, thinking about flogging Targo and May, just keep that in the back of your head that more than half of their tries come down that particular edge and those guys are instrumental in those tries. So I know Kikau and Luai have been doing really well the last few weeks, um, but those guys are, are tearing it up as well. But in my opinion, I would consider potentially Crichton going first. Then I'd be looking at Targo and May based upon your positional needs um i may move taylor may on this week um because i got too many other wing fullbacks in my particular team but um i don't know what do you think of that uh Stu? yeah look i i've got all three so i'm definitely thinking of uh possibly moving steve Crichton on uh after that you got taylor may's got a break even of 48 so he's He's possibly next, and then Targo's got a break-even of 44. So it's, yeah, it just really depends because the issue is all three are DPPs, and all three are on the best attacking side in the comp. So it's one of those ones where if you sell them, just do not play the regret game of oh, when they have that one really good game and they go bag a double because just make sure you invest in someone who will get you that steady return of uh, investment so that you're not uh, you're not left going what if I think we can confidently say that <clears throat> sorry none of the three are keepers so you're going to move them on eventually like either cash them down or you know move up to a, a final 17 kind of guy but um, who are your keeper centres is my question Matty Burton's one well no no on, on all teams so so, so let, let, let's get Burton, this out of the way now Aiken Lomax um, Brown Dylan Brand is not, didn't get DPP, unfortunately. He didn't get the DP, yeah. Sad. I, I, he would be my team this very second if he was. So, look, I think um, we've worked out that uh, Talakai is not the man. <laughs> yeah, not Talakai. All right. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Stags. Uh, Ramian, potentially. Joey yep. Manu. Um, yep. Yes, yeah, sorry, Zach Stags. Lomax. Stags. Stags for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so so we got those options out there. Half a dozen. So, so, so you're Half saying that, are you saying off. that Targo and May are a step below those guys? I think they're pretty much on I the same level. I think so. Oh, you think same level? Well, think about it. The Panthers are a great team. They're going to score lots of points, and someone's going to score those points. What I what I think about those other guys we mentioned before. Okay, Aitken's playing second row. You shove me your center. Zach Lomax kicks goals. Um. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, Manny Burton is a half who kicks goals and, and kick me. So what, what I'm saying is it's just picking outright centers in your centers isn't really the point. You're trying to pick other guys that just so happen to have a DPP like you were trying to say with Dylan Brown potentially. If you got that center DPP, you're trying to find guys to shove into this position where you get like superpowers pretty much. Fair enough. So yeah. Good point. 
yeah for, for me it's one of those ones where i'm really going to have to think hard that last thing that comes to mind is that if you're going to sell this week remember they're versing newcastle so and next week they have who have they got the warriors so <laughs> and then the week after they've got the repeat versus the roosters uh who did a pretty good job of uh tidying up the wingers but they still lost by 30 last time yeah they because played. they left bloody kick out on mark so what's going to happen is this time they'll go up on kick out and clear all the wingers will have a field there i think unless you've got someone really good to trade to um targo man and Crichton are still going to crack out points they're on the best team in the league by a mile the only team you're worried about yeah. when they come up against is the storm and the pa- paramount mm. mm. yeah the mm. grass is not always greener on the other side that's like, true. i wish i kept taylor may that's true. I, I guess it's one of those ones where if you have an excess of players, you can get rid of one, but just know that, yes, they are capable of those 60-point games, which is uh, wingers or centres, not many other teams, are having guys who push out those type of scores. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, Burton's a must-have centre, and if you can get yourself Teddy, Paps, Healthy, and Hines, then maybe you get rid of two of those three and keep keep uh, probably May or Crichton as wing fullback center coverage um but you've really got to have those absolute top tier guys to get off these three because they're super solid and they're on the best attacking team in the league so we know they're going to get points true my my thought after having a look at that run is that i might i'm thinking of i will hold these guys up until at least for the next two rounds versus the knights and versus the warriors agreed and then checking out their break evens when they come up against the roosters which uh, puts us down to round 16. Uh, And they don't play round 17, so that actually leads you to a really nice pivot. It means that you could could get them out to Paps, you could go out to Raymond, or you could go out to some of the fellas from the Eels or the Broncos for round 17. So for the next two weeks, I think I've just talked myself into keeping them. Yep, yep, yep. All right, okay. No, no, No urgency to sell, I agree. Uh, except maybe Crichton with Origin, but we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, a hundred. Anyway, yes, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to definitely look to see uh, if Steve Crichton backs up. He would be the first one I'd sell out of those two. I'd still hold on to, to, to Targo and to May. Boys, I've got Jakey Clifford, four seventy five k, thirty six break even. Um, Stu said may not be the week to bring Clifford in, but his price and effort in round 12 makes him intriguing. Third uh, halfback option who kicks goals and works hard. So we were high on him pre-season and mid-season, and then he obviously fell off that um, metaphorical cliff um, mm-hmm. and he went into the wilderness. He's a very he's a great price for something a bit spicy, 1.26% ownership. So um, I still believe in him. I think the Knights uh, should be better. And then they've shown as they as they got healthier and, and find a bit of form. So, um, I, I mean, you don't have to rush to bring him in, but he's definitely a spicy sort of choice. Nathan Cleary's my other one, guys. Nine twenty-eight k, seventy-three break-even. Will he back back up or not? Or will uh, Falls and O'Sullivan do the job again? The question is, you just got you just got to wait until you know five minutes before kickoff to see what he does. If he's not backing up, then don't bring him in. Obviously, thirty-four point five percent ownership, still a little low for me. 97 of the top 100 have him. So that means you should have him ASAP. Um, and if you don't, um, uh, if he's playing. So uh, bring him in, guys. Um, Mitch, what have you got, mate? 
Uh, just a couple of quick ones, guys. Uh, Kalen Ponga, he's 561k with a 48 break-even. Uh, the question is, is there any interest in buying Ponga? And basically, I just feel like with the Knights' inconsistency and the fact that they really are a stinky team this year, that, that there is no interest. He's going to probably have the occasional 60 to 70-point game, but I would not consider him in that elite tier this year, and that's kind of where we're looking to go. I've got the answer, boys. Uh, in round 10 against the Bulldogs, he scored 29. Okay? Yep. In round 12 against the Warriors, he scored 29. Mm. He's not a buy. He's not no. a buy. No, he's not no. a buy. Okay, and the, what's worrying to me is, is that this is the Knights team with him only costing $600,000 a year, $500,000, uh. $600,000. He's about to go to a million. Uh. So they've got to drop 600 grand from this team. I hope he's busted for their sake, and they can get, and that that's why he's playing average. Uh, yeah, I, my concern is is that long term, how does this night seem run if Kalen Ponga can't, you know, be wing fullback slash half? You know, I feel like the Knights are in for years of pain. He's 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 gonna be there. Um, Anthony ooh. Milford. Who they also have. <laughs> yeah, I, that's it. <laughs> I was going to call it Luke Brooks, but you got it exactly right there too. Uh, it's both of them combined, Brooks and Milford. Didn't, didn't the Knights want to get Luke Brooks? They, they did. did. Broncos went to the grand final, all right, with Milf there. So let's you, let's say it's Luke Brooks because there's no way the Knights are going to the grand final with Kylan Ponga. <laughs> Not at the moment, no. All right. Okay, so who have we got winning for this one? Now, I've basically got the Panthers at 10, and then I'm adding plus six points for every single player who backs up from Origin. <laughs> Hang on a minute. So that could be 34 points. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I, I could have them at plus 46. Are you doubting that these guys could put 50 on there no, if everyone backed I've up? Got, I've oh. got Panthers by 30. I mean, the, the Knights forward pack's pretty solid. Uh, surely they can't surrender that many points, but who bloody knows? I mean, Melbourne ran right over them, so... Oh, I don't think it's stupid at all, to be honest with you. I think it's fair enough. Excellent. Nick? Yeah, I've got them by 16, and I'm feeling a bit stupid about that. I might... This is the lock of the round, I'd say, um, if you're a gambler. But anyway, on to the next game, guys. As opposed to uh, Parramatta... As opposed to uh, Parramatta to beat Tigers, eh? Oh, yeah. oh good. <laughs> <laughs> Drop 100k in it, mate. Drop your house Gross. deposit on it. Oh, oh God. For five grand. Anyway, moving on. We have 6.15. We have, oh, geez, it's going to be late for the New Zealand guys watching that at 8 o'clock. The coachless Warriors with Stacey Jones in charge, uh, C and Nathan Brown versus the Cronulla Sharks up in Queensland. So good news is, is that Josh Curran is back in 14. So in his return from that knee injury, Dynamis Louis. Uh, also rejoins the bench. Aaron Penney and Ellie Katoa have been punted. Uh, Nick, what's happening with the Sharkies, mate? Mate, um, Jesse Ramian returns from suspension to the lineup at centre um, in place of Connor Tracy. So Wade Graham rejoins by the extended bench and could be a late inclusion, apparently. So um, just watch that one for you, Wade Graham. Acolytes out there who um, are seldom, you know, I don't know what, but something. Um, Tom Hazleton's also in the 16 still. Um, shout out. And uh, Lockie Miller's lurking there in Jersey 20s. Probably the only other thing I can really see from this lineup. So I'll kick us off, guys. Jazzy Telvanger 
30 points, 59 break even, 66k. Eject, eject, eject to use Stu's phrase. He's not getting the minutes he needs with only 41 or 43 minutes in the last couple of weeks at prop. I assume they actually play him around a 60 minute roll uh, at lock. Um, just with a prop jersey, uh, but that was off base, so eject. Guys, Tohu Harris was my other one. 31.60 break even. He's 649k. So, poor return of the team. They got smashed. Should owners be worried? No. Four penalties, four missed tackles in a really well beaten team. So, last time missed four tackles with 15 games to go in round four, 2021. He'll be back with a vengeance. It looks to be a good buy, still, in my opinion. Um, if you're waiting to bring him in after round 17, I understand. So I still have him as a buy. And the last one, Josh Curran, guys. He is named in Jersey 14. But he was really, really coming on leaps and bounds before he went down. He's 733k. Break even is 72. Um, I'm, he's coming off the bench. So I'm just having a quick squeeze from 2021. Um, prior to going down, he was punching out, obviously, awesome scores where he's averaged 54 for the year and um, was really rewarding people. So last season in off the bench, he played two games for an average of 40.5 with a .84 PBM. So uh, looking at the team, I'm sort of thinking he'll get that 40 to 60 minute probably roll off the bench. So I think you can sort of lock him in to maybe lose a little bit of coin or maybe sort of halt maintain his price I don't have a buy on him. Um, just from having a quick squeeze here, I probably won't get any resistance from the boys, correct? No, he, he's, he's a potential around 17. If he does get that 13 uh, or or 12 uh, combination with Tohu at 13, that would create a really strong back line. Like if you had uh, Aiken, Tohu and Current, the only issue is that if you already own Tohu and Aiken, I'm not sure you can even buy current. It's too much risk in the same team. Like $2 million in the same front row. That's just In a insane. coachless team. In a coach. You see, you see Jack Murchie there. You see a lot of work that needs doing when you look at this bench. You've got Bunty or forward, Dynamis Louie. Bailey Sirenin's there, I guess. But really, um, there's a lot of tackles that can be eaten by those uh, Harrison Curran in particular, hey? Yes. There certainly is. I, th- I think the current will play some serious minutes, uh, but it's probably in a couple of weeks when he goes out. It's just how much risk can you put in the same team, though? Like, I would almost have to sell Aitken or Tohu if I wanted to bring Curran in. Just mm. just due to the fact that mm. if, the, if the Warriors get slapped in a game Concentration and you've got risk. your front three, right, as, as those three, you, you, you're done. Yeah. Okay. What have you got, mate? Uh, that's a great question. I have Reese Walsh. 37 points, 33 break even, 480k. He looked good effort in a beaten team, but the 2022 Warriors are not making the attacking structures to give Walsh good ball. So they're not playing deep. They're not playing sweeping movements, which get Reese running onto the ball at an angle. And he's not getting good inside ball either to cut through the line against the middle forwards. So he's just trying his guts out, but he's basically just running head on at ready defenders, which is a real mistake. SJ is not playing well. So while that is happening, Reese Walsh isn't a void. He looks very good, well priced, but he will keep on dropping money. Uh, a long tonight, guys, but just 
clear. In the pre-game for this game, I was saying Sean Johnson's under all this pressure and he's got to step up, all step up. Like, screw that. The forwards have got to do better. Like, and and, and the outside backs. This is not under Sean Johnson. Ooh, how I disagree how strongly going. on that. Sure, SJ went missing, absolutely missing in the sets against uh, uh, against Manly. He was not touching the ball during the sets. It was all working through Chanel Harris Tavita, and he was not calling the plays. And his end of play kicking and uh, running was abysmal. He wasn't. He shanked a couple early. I know that. But he also wasn't running. He wasn't taking the line on. His passes didn't stick. Uh, did he throw that intercept as well at the end of the game? Um, I don't. No, was it Harris Devita? But anyway, it's just it. It's was typical. He just he went absolutely missing there in that game. Look, the forwards definitely need to do more as far as their middle defence. Which uh, and to be fair, with missing Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge, they are down in the depth a little bit because Josh Curran and was this, missing as well. And and this back four, like the centers and wingers, aren't much to you know write home about either. Like they're not. I don't think they're offering much in particular. No. So, anyway. And look, the, the 12 points that they scored makes sense. The 44 that was scored against them, though, was only because they weren't controlling the game. They weren't kicking deep. They weren't playing yeah. the set smartly. And that is on SJ. He's the number seven, right? He's playing with a guy who's literally quitting football next year. <laughs> he should be running this team, and he's not. I'm just I'm just an SJ defender. Love you, love you, SJ. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... Anyway, look, I've got Will Kenny. I'm going to dispatch him real quick. 29K, 52 break-even. I know people looking for cheapy cash downs. Will Kennedy is not it. He's the only guy who's pulled off two negative scores this year. Like, negative throughout the game. So, avoid. Actually, he's the only player to ever have two negative consecutive scores. Ever. Wow. Okay. So, avoid him. Do not You've been pick warned. Up- do not pick up Will Kennedy, no matter how attractive his price is, unless he goes off like Benny Barber in 2012. Moving on. Mitch, who have you got? Uh, we've been talking about him for a number of weeks. I was hoping that would be the last time a few weeks ago. Cam McInnes, he's 35 break even at 686k. Is it too late to hop on the cam train? Um, I just think there are better options out there. I think Tamalolo is probably the safer option in the middle, and they're probably a similar sort of ceiling. I still don't see Cam returning to that sort of 2019 form we saw for St. George. Agreed. Um, yep. That's all I have to say well, about that. That's no, Well, look, let, let's write off Cam McInnes for this year, which is that uh, if he didn't pick him unless, up... At, unless, like, three middles get injured or two or three middles, right? Or but I just, I just think they're using down. him differently. They're just using him differently. They that's are. That's the problem. Yeah. So let, let's move on. Uh, you and Aiken, 38 points uh, with a 60 break even. With Brownie being ejected, should we worry about Aiken? Well, I think he's been one of the best players in the team, and I think he's made the second row his own. He likes to tackle. He likes to run. He hates passing the ball, so we know he's going to get <laughs> meters. Um, I think he's still one of the one of the center keepers of the year. I think, yep, it was a down week, and the Warriors are not looking good, but he's been able to punch out 40, 50, 60-point games when they've been absolutely towed, so don't panic. Excellent. I was I was just thinking to myself, it's like, you know, are we worried about the Warriors overall? Like, are we ejecting from the Warriors like we were the Tigers and the Bulldogs? I think, I think the Warriors might 
I think they've got a bit some troops back as far as uh, Curran and I think Torhu's going to get better. And I think they'll lift with Stacey Jones. He is an absolute legend of the club and yes. highly respected. I think they'll get up for him. Whereas, you know, half the Bulldogs came, team came to Belmore for Trent Barrett. Um, Madge actually had a lot of support from some of the players in that team. They're, they're done. They're, they're done. As someone who has four Bulldogs players, it's not a good feeling right now. Um, mm. But I think I think the Warriors will continue to keep rolling. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so I've got the Sharks by lots in this one. Mitch, who have you got? I'm going to go something spicy. I've got Warriors by two. Excellent. <laughs> it could, could be a go if uh, Nico Hines dies um, during the game. Hey, man, you guys laughed at me when I said Ben Hunt for Dallium. He's leading <laughs> That's true. That's only because the rest of his team has been so bloody poor. But that's yes, how, that's why I picked it. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> Stacey Jones and and man, the, the Sharks teams looked discombobulated since Wade Graham came back. There's something not quite right going on there. Uh, and uh, they, hang on a minute, is he back? They still don't have Dale Finucane. No. So I don't think it's that dumb. He's anyway. two weeks away. I think Dale Finucane from there. I'll make you both eat crow. You won't hear about the end. You won't hear the end of it. I'll make a sandwich bet on that one. But no, you won't. I'm not. I'm not taking that. You know, I'd want like twenty to one odds. Yeah. No. Thanks. Uh, Okay, Nick. Who have you got? Um, I've already done it, mate. Uh, oh, sorry. I got sharks by forty. Excellent. You didn't do it, but that's fine, mate. All right. Let's roll quickly through. Last game is actually on the public holiday, Queen's birthday, Monday. Happy birthday, Queenie. All right. Uh, we have Jake Everillo is named to start at fullback this week. Corey Allen is starting at centre. Uh, to be, uh, Matt Dufty, see you, Duff. He's at number 18 and probably <laughs> off to England. Uh, I can't believe he lasted this long. That's my favourite moment of the entire season when Zach Lomax said that's him about Matt Dufty. Yeah, I don't think he was well liked by anyone at St George or Canterbury by the sounds of it. No, I I think they're quite happy to see the end of him. Uh, Apart from that, uh, Luke Thompson's still out after extended concussion symptoms, which means Chris Patolo and uh, Oversuma Fungo keeps his spot. Uh, Mitch Eels, what's doing? Gun winger Mike Acevo makes his return from his ACL injury and that pushes Waka Blake to the centres. Uh, Tom Opacek gets punted off the team. Origin players Ryan Madison, Junior Polo and Regan Campbell-Gillard are all named to back up. Which is fair enough. That's like five they days should. after game. They yeah. should back up and play normal minutes, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, Mitch, who are we looking at? Uh, look, we've talked about him a number of times. Matty Burton, 73 points. Um with a 35 break even. He's currently sitting at 766k. Uh, boys, one of your best calls of the year was holding on to him uh, through that difficult run because, gee, we have we reaped the rewards since. Um, he's probably one of the absolute must-haves of the season because he's punching out big scores when the Bulldogs stink. Like, that's unbelievable. Imagine if this team was doing well, what he'd be capable of. Mate, those um, try assists were unreal for the Fox. Uh, he, he and Fox uh, are the only two really getting it together. I'm pretty pleased to see that um, Avarillo's been moved to centre, or sorry, uh, from centre to wing, uh, to fullback rather, because uh, Karaz might actually get a couple of tries now because Jake Avarillo doesn't pass. 
<laughs> he's been watching all the film from you and Aitken. Mate, um, it just means he's running closer to the ball and he won't pass. Uh-oh. That's true. He'll be the third man on the inside, pass, not passing to the centre. <laughs> Or do a cut-out pass and throw it out or something. Um, <laughs> the, the, the other one we've got, and we spoke about it before, TPJ. Uh, how worried am I about his back injury? Well, I'm pretty worried because now that I know he had a back injury, I know why he looked a little bit busted and wasn't playing the way we have seen him play in Brisbane. And it's probably why, you know, I thought, particularly given he came to play with Baz, I was surprised that he wasn't up for the season. I think, Stu, that's why you and I grabbed him at the time we grabbed him. I'm definitely concerned because I would wager he's being treated for it probably, uh, you know, two or three rounds before Magic Rounds. So that'd be at least the last uh, six to seven weeks. Um, I'd be surprised if he played this week. And as I said before, I hope they give him one more week to try and get it right so that um, we see peak TPJ because he, he is a super player. And if you get what TPJ can do, he's a 70-point-a-game player if he's playing the 80 minutes. So um, I am concerned. But yep. I'm hoping he'll come back to where he was. I have him on my trade list this week, unfortunately. So oh, I got, think that's fair enough. I have to hold, but I, I can totally understand that. I've got cover with Nat Butcher and Adam Elliott. So I'm. he's going and he's turning into Reed Money. Nice. So, that's a good trade. Oh, yeah, for 33 grand or something. Uh, excellent. Uh, so TPJ out. Nick, who have you got? Isaiah Papali'i, 913k, 71 break-even. It's a huge break-even. Um, but do you bet against him, against the Toothless Dogs? How long should people wait to bring him in? Will he go even bigger with Junior Paul and Regan Cameron Gillard, both playing Origin? So he's been named at lock, guys, where he's uh, averaged 58.8 in four games over the last three years. He's still a keeper, and you should look to bring him in. Even at this price, he's got the DPP. Yes, he's got a big break-even. Um, he should uh, tear up this dog's pack. Um, he's a gun. He's easily one of the you know, top three fantasy forwards in the league, and you should definitely bring him in at some point, and he'll play round 17. Um, Dylan Brown, guys, 711K, 34 break-even. Stu reckons he might be your second keeper half next to Cleary. Um, so he has been keeping up his base stats while adding attacking stats uh, at a relatively softer run home. I know we're a little bit concerned about the moon boot. Um, not overly, but just a little bit. At that price, I don't know. I, I'm sort of... <sighs> no, I, I, I don't think I can do it based upon um, DCE probably being available. I'll probably lean that way um, over Dylan Brown and also Matty Burton potentially in the halves if he doesn't occupy a center spot. Um, I know, Stu, you keep being really high on Dylan Brown, don't you? I have seen a lot of work in the trades market this week. So a lot of people in the forums have been bringing up Dylan Brown. You know, should they bring him in? Should we get him? So simply due to the fact that this year he's playing, he's not just waiting off the back of Mitchell Moses. He's taking the game on. He's making, he's either getting the tries or putting up tries this himself, as well as getting some kicking meters in. So he is, I would say, the second best running 5'8 at the moment behind Cam Munster. And he is, his points, the only re- reason why he's down a bit on points is because he had those couple of awful games at centre. So I would say that he is a out-and-out threat. It is it is a bit of a risk. He's got a lower floor than DCE, 
but he's probably got what I would call the higher average ceiling with without turbo than DC. Hmm, I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I see the round 17 allure. Um, I don't and, know. He's and just I take a lot him over Mitchell Moses. Mm. Because Mitchell Moses is a flat track bully. Dylan Brown looks to be to shop no matter who's there. Yeah, he's definitely a boss. I'm not. I'm not discounting that at all. I don't know. It's. It's probably depends upon your team construction on how um, you sort of see second half. If you prefer DCE or potentially Matty Burton. Um, I mean, he's definitely not a bad buy, Dylan Brown. He's. He's definitely a guy you should definitely look at bringing in. Um, whether it's this week. Um, you know. Break even at 34 is pretty low. Yeah, yeah, he could be a buy. I just don't have a strong buy, you know. I've, I'm sort of either way about it, so. Fair enough. Anyway, Mitch? What do you got, Mitch? What do you got, Mitch? Uh, guys. Oh, you already went. Stu, what do you uh, got? Oh, no, no, I was just going to ask you your thoughts on Dylan Brown, mate. Are you interested in buying? Oh, yeah. No, I can't afford it. Don't have the trades, don't have the cash. Fair enough. Okay, moving on. Uh, look, I've got not much left. Uh, look, read money. Uh, I've got a strong buy on him, 49 break even. Uh, interesting to see this week if his attacking stats make up for less tackles, though. Um, so you can wait a week on him with a 49 break even, unless he punches out a century. Uh, you won't be missing the train on him. So if you are absolutely wanting to get on someone this week, you could get on Reese Robson. Uh, you probably got a week on Reed. But he's definitely... I've still got a strong buy rating either way on him. Uh, real quick one, Ryan Madison. I think the boat sailed on him. is 853k. Uh, watch from afar unless you think it's Paris year and he'll keep it up for the rest of the season. He's been... What was it last time, Nick? Like 1.2 ppm? Something like that? Yes, it, it was ludicrous. Exactly right. Yeah, I, I just think that it's, it's a combination of him playing really well, him not having a contract... And uh, just coming on in the middle where they're winning just that forward purple battle. Patch, man. Just a purple patch. It's it's yes. un- ludicrous his staying power at the moment. Yeah. So unless you think that he's uh, two hundred two one turbo or twenty twenty Cleary, it's just avoid time uh, for he, Ryan he, Madison. He unseated Gerbo for Origin. That's how good he's been. Like that's that's ludicrous. Yep. And he's, he's been playing really well, but he's also got that HIA risk as well. You buy him in, you get him in, he scores you a 23 and a head knock. That's why that's why we none of us have touched him. Otherwise, we'd probably be more tempted. It's just the risk yeah. just didn't feel like it was uh, going to pay off. Yeah, and he's playing Origin. So I would go and get Isaiah Papali. You'd find the 60K. You'd go and get him if you were taking the risk. Agreed. Uh, last one, Jake Avarillo. Got 36 points last week. He's got a two break even, 317k DPP half center. Who's actually playing a fullback for a while. Now it looks like Dufty is there as for backup purposes, but they got Corey Allen. Uh, but it looks like they've they've aimed for Jake Avarillo, possibly due to the fact that he's uh, got a similar uh, offensive capacity as at least as far as a decent pass goes. Um, compared to Matt Dufty, but doesn't have the same mistakes in him. So, look, I think they like Jake Avarillo. They want to keep him. They just realize that he's not the, the halfback they want him to be. So I think they're trying to move him to fullback. So he looks good. He's a good runner of the ball, that's for sure. Yeah. And he, 
he reminds me a little bit of the situation that Scotty Drinkwater was in. You know, playing as half, he wasn't quite there. But, you know, running the ball and sort of just chiming in, he might have a bit of a better time of it. I mean, uh, Scotty Drinkwater went through the Melbourne system. That's that's all I'll say on this. Hmm. Very interesting. Versus the Canterbury Bulldogs system. That is very true. So, uh, look... He is one of the better options this week as far as a safer um, cash-down option. He's got the two break-even. So he looks to be one of those guys who can park in the 18 to 21 uh, and just park as cover uh, around this time of year. So if you're looking to cash-down, have a look at Jake Avarillo. Uh, who have we got winning this one, guys? I've got the Eels by 18. Nick? I've got Eels by 18 too. Mitch? I think it would be 24, but I could... I think it could be more. I think it'll be close for a bit and then uh, the Eels are going to run right. You're right. I'll be honest with you. You're probably right on that one. So I'd, I sort of played it safe with my prediction, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised for 30. All right, let's go to the break-even segment to the moon, guys. Look, Ezra Mam leads us off break-even minus 13. Xavier Savage minus 10. Tofoa Sipley, minus five. Bailey Simonson, minus four. Trent Peoples, who is not playing, so you're yeeted, mate, but you're on minus four. Taltel Amone, minus three. So, look, we got all these people in the negatives, guys, so there's plenty of action out there, though most of us don't have many trades left. Uh, Jake Everillo is on two, as is Inari Tuala and Cody Ramsey. Brent Naden is on break-even of four. And Jason Saab and Savili Havili is break-even of five, who we didn't mention, but Havili has been playing very well, actually. So he will have a question about him a bit later on, so we'll bring him up very shortly. Uh, oh, Captain, my captain section, guys. I've gone very simple this week. Cleary, if he's playing, uh, I've got him as captain straight up versus uh, the Knights. And I've gone Nico Hines uh, versus uh, the Tigers as my vice-captain, just in case Cleary doesn't play. Uh, who have you got, Mitch? Exactly the same, mate. Excellent. Nick? I am flipping it. I'm going to go Hines against the Warriors. Um, I think so the Sharks the will... Sorry? Sharks against the Warriors? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go Hines. Um, I just think he, they'll put up a cricket score against them. Fair enough. Oh, look, I, I guess taking the risk against Cleary, but he then again, he you, Cleary will be backing up from Origin, so that could be a pretty good call. Um, either way, if Cleary doesn't back up, I'll enjoy the points. All right, guys, trades this week. Nick? Mate, I've got to do something with, with Starling again. Um, so he's being yeeted for money. Jackson Hastings, see you, mate. Xavier Savage, welcome to the team. Um, Trent Peoples has got to go. So I'm looking at um, Jason Talmulolo or potentially, um, who were we just talking about before? Uh, Dylan Brown, potentially. Um, I just saw that 34 break even and, and, and scrolling through, that's pretty juicy. Um, yeah, what have you got, Mitch? I've definitely got uh, Hastings for Talmulolo. Definitely. Uh, which leaves that is me such with, a good trade. That which, is such a good trade. Which leaves me with considerable amounts of cash. Uh, and then I need to... I mean, I'm starting to really run low on trade, so I'll either just wear it, but I wouldn't mind getting Xavier Savage in because what it will do is 
it could free up another 200k which will allow me to turn Karaz into either Paps or Tedesco when the time comes because um, I reckon Karaz the next two to three weeks will be cashed out so I'm just finding ways to sort out my wing fullback area after I whiffed on uh, Trojovic for getting uh, Trojovic over Tedesco which Damn. really hurt that makes sense and look I have I look I want money I want brown I want drink water and I want probably ma'am though I'm going to have to wait until I see that injury report so that's uh, basically 2.2 million that I've got to find so two point, about 2 million after I sell it so look I've got TPJ on the block I've just got to work out who else to sell because I kind of want to keep those Panthers players like I thought I can just yeet the three of them all together and it's a pretty easy trade but the issue is that that, um, that does put a bit of hurt on my potential upside for scoring so I'm really going to have to have a think about maybe I only buy one of those guys and wait for a couple rounds on everyone else so probably Dylan Brown I'll be completely honest with you uh, at this point because he's got the lowest break even alright we'll get to the questions from the people so a guy that we didn't mention uh, so Ross Richie's us about uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner so whether he's worth a buy he's been named on an edge this week for the Bulldogs and he looks to return from that Liz Frank injury and actually play pretty well he's looking pretty big and solid on an edge 364k 28 break even scored 33 last week uh pretty good cash down option actually so guys any thoughts on raymond fatala mariner a lot of forwards and second rowers in that team particularly when tpj comes back there are though i would say that uh fatala mariner is ahead of like patolo or semifungi any of those guys there so of course if you have the trades i don't hate it but you got to see the minutes first yeah yeah i'm looking at this week how much did he get last week he so for his 33 he played 52 minutes 52 minutes against the panthers so look that's good so he's he was 25 minutes first week 35 minutes second week so this is for you mitch first week 25 minutes against the tigers Second week, 35 versus the Dragons. Last week, 52 versus the Panthers. It looks like a decent trajectory for him, doesn't it? Yep, certainly does. It'll probably take another two to three weeks to get him up to full speed, maybe even longer. Uh, you got to remember that Liz Frank injury was looking like potentially career-ending, so it could be quite slow for him, uh, which makes me nervous. He might crack it out. Uh, so if you've got the trades and you're willing to go to the casino, maybe in a week or two, He's in 20 of the top 100 teams, which I find astounding considering he has a 1.5% ownership. That is interesting. I guess a number of people have cashed down. He was a great cash cow of 20, I want to say 2020. It was COVID year mm. before he picked up that foot injury in 2021. So he, look, he's a 600K player, but it's, you're right, with Thompson and. Um, Pangai hanging around in that team. I don't know what his long-term spot is. I'll be honest with you. I just don't love it. There's a lot of forwards and second rows. Too risky. Big moment. We we said that at the start of the season before RFM was even a possibility. I just think there's too much risk. Fair enough. Okay, the last one, Cody Ramsey. I think we bit, we covered him. We, we've talked about that. Which is is that last week? Uh, but there's other options. Uh, yep. Next one uh, from 
Eparamia uh, Terry, apologies for the pronunciation. Uh, thoughts on the younger Michael? Is it Michael Mollo? Yes. Uh, is he a good player to pick up this week? So no. You, you're not loving that one? No, there's too many against the same issue. You've got Maguire lurking in there. You've got Sewer who's Ooh, returning. Yes. Um, Michael Mollo, it looks the business, but it's not his year this year. There's too many good second rows and forwards at St. George, and they're they're all above him. So the uh, fast answer is no, unfortunately, not yet. That's true, Joshy. I, I, I was like, oh, look, Sewer shouldn't change too much, but Joshy Maguire will. So definitely there will be less of a spot there for Michael Mollo. Uh Okay, now, other question is Jacob Little. Uh, if everyone's bringing money, could Jacob Little be a sneaky point of difference player? Uh, Nick? If you want to no, 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 lose, then yeah, but um, if you're trying to win, I wouldn't, wouldn't touch Jacob Little. I'd sort of wait and see what how the dust settles with the coaching change, guys. Yep, I agree. Agreed. The, I wouldn't bring in any Tigers the rest of the year. I, I'd just stay. Just, stay. just give it, That's a graveyard give it out two there. or three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Especially because it's at 600k. If it was like 350, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Different story. Yes. But it's 600k. No, go find the extra money. Reed Money's not going to lose his spot unless he dies. So, whereas Jacob Little, he could be the fourth string hooker next week. They could play peachy there. You just don't know. Yep. Okay. Uh, Josiah Alchin. Should I sell Grant and Nakora? Harry Grant, guys, the CSL. He's one no. of the best keepers of 2022. Keep. We don't sell keepers, otherwise you end up like me. Excellent. Okay, so do not sell keepers is our message to Josiah again unless he dies. Britton Nakora, uh, 627k, 54 break even. His last three scores are... He's been a slow burn this year. You can hold him. You don't need to sell him. 41, him. 36, 49... If he's, your, if he's your biggest problems, you're, good, you're, good you're doing well. Save yeah. your trades, man. Yep. yep. Okay. Brenton Vickery, DC this week. Back unless in- unless he wants to go from Nakora to Tamalolo, that's not a terrible trade. That's true. I wouldn't mind that. As long as you've got the DPP coverage because you're pocketing 60K and you're getting a, the same sort of player. So I wouldn't hate that. Very true. Uh, though against the Warriors this week, I reckon Nakora could be in for a try or two. Uh, okay, coming up next, uh, Brenton Vickery, DCE this week, based off his scores back in from Origin last year. I'm just doing the maths now. He averaged 103 over three games after Origin last year. What the hell? Now He scored 122 versus the Cowboys. He scored 68 versus the Bulldogs and scored 119 against the Tigers after Origins. Fatung. So now they were soft games. Who have they got this week? I don't I don't know. I can't. I'm, uh, Tigers. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he might actually be a genuine buy. The well, I would want to wait, however... Actually get him in there. Until Friday or Saturday, I would want to wait until the hour before. One, yes, wait, wait. But I yes, could do TPJ yes, to Cherry Evans. Yep. Oh, that, okay, that would possibly be trade of the year right there. I wrote that. Oh, Brenton, that's a great question. That's uh, question of the year. So, I'm excited. 
Okay, well, there we go. Well, and it'll be a pod, too, because a it lot of people went home. Oh, I love oh, that. Giddy. Well, look, Cherry Evans has been good no matter how well, how poorly the Eagles have played. That's so true. if you can bring in Cherry Evans, and he's at a 30K discount at the moment, uh, he's a superstar. He plays hard no matter what. Yeah. He, he does. He's got no chill. He backs up. As I would just make sure that if you're doing that, we're, we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to go to Hux's Mitch because we're going to have to do it the hour beforehand this game. Oh, it burns all my all my Teddy slash Paps cash to do it though. It's a bit oh, it's worth it. It's, it's we can we can set fire for your team in other ways. <laughs> so okay, all right. So look, as far as we're concerned here, it does look like a pretty good game. Uh, to bring him in though his break even is very high you could always wait a week but either way wait until Sunday 1pm next one Christopher Guess Haas and Starling for Reed and Tamalolo I'm guessing because he doesn't Haas but, but uh, yeah I think it's a good trade well the issue is is that Starling and uh, is now 580 versus Reed 710 so I think yep. the reason for the difference is for the money so would yep. you tr- how, how would you feel about that Nick Ooh. mate there's nothing else you can do Star- I've, I've looked at it and looked at it looked at it. there's no other option out there except for money Starling there's just not nothing uh, else Robson yeah. Robson nah, for 30k yeah. more no, nah, well, that's what I mean. You've got to find more money for that. If if you're just looking at your next best keeper hooker, the only option is is money. You're then suppose, paying more. I suppose the thing is, if if it has to be hard, it has to be harsh, then Lola's not a bad option. I like, would. I don't. I would try and yeah. trade someone else out. I would try and trade down someone. So I would go and get uh, even that like is. an Avarillo, like trade someone down to an Avarillo, and then trade up. Starling, uh, because that way you're getting a keeper and you're not trading out a keeper. I Agreed. really would hate to sell Haas. I would find another way, Christopher. Yep. Uh, I would. I would say that I don't think Haas is going to see those minutes again, though. I think the Broncos team's actually doing better with him playing those reduced minutes. So Haas and Lolo might not actually have the sort of void. Like you're trading a keeper for a keeper, but you're trading a sell for a keeper. It's not if he has to do that, then I don't hate it. Particularly if he's struggling like me and needs some points right now, I don't hate it. Oh, I I don't hate it. I just try and find another way to do it first, and then only do it after that. Yep, agreed. Okay, yeah, I can get on board with that. Okay, next one, Nathan Affleck. Can you give some thoughts on the hooker stocks, uh, other than the two obvious Harry and Damien Cook? So he's talking about Brayley. Uh, I'm guessing uh, the one who plays for the Sharks, uh, Havili and Wolford for cheap, for example. So listen to the show from Norway, boys, and love Physio Mitch's reports. Love so, you, Norway. Oh, mate. Well, look, congratulations. Listen to us from Norway, mate. Look, it's probably still warmer in Australia than it is over there at the moment. So good luck to you. Um, mate, okay. Let's have a look. Uh, Havili. So, Havili is currently 446k. He's up 163k on the year. His last three that he's played, hey, he's gone for 35... Oh, hold on. Let me bring it up properly. Uh, He's gone for 29... Sorry, 35 in 42, 29 in 41, and 66 in 48, but that was with a try, which also gave him the line break. So... That really brings him back to 66, 56, 54. 
So, look, Havili is definitely a guys. Would you agree that he's a bench hooker? Yes. Like he, at he's best. Yeah, he's a backup. Like he's sort of your someone in his seventeenth or lower spot. You can do better though. You can do better. Just who, try and get who, two because that's that's the aim of the game, right? That's true. Uh, Just bring in bring in a non-origin hooker now, and then bring in an origin hooker after origin. Okay. Well, let's have a look at Blake Braley. So uh, he's currently running off a last three of 41, 71, uh, sorry, 77 and 47. So Blake Braley, 650K. So would you just say spend the 60 grand and go and get Reed money on him? There's actually a decent case that you could say Blake Braley is just a cheaper money. Um yeah, he, he's, he's done well against the good sides. He, he got a 60 versus the um, Raiders, where they just lost. 63 versus Parramatta. So he's not a flat-track bully. He's actually played... He The only thing is, is that he just does a lot less tackles in the games where they flog the other sides. 36 versus the Knights, 29 versus the Tigers. It's just mm. a lack of attacking stats in those big games, uh, like blowout games. 77 versus the Titans. He did get the try assist and the line break. So I think he cut through the line there. That's the only one he I He passes think. the eye test, break Braley. I don't know. I'd still I'd still just go Marnie, yep. personally. Personally, I'd go Marnie. But look, break Braley, if you can only get there, yeah. I wouldn't hate it. And the last yep. one is on the Wolford. I'd say Wolf. Uh, I'd avoid Canberra hookers. Yeah, don't bother. 100%. It's going to cost you too many trades. Yeah, it's Sticky. Sticky is mucking around with the team. I don't think he's decided what he's doing next year. I'll be completely honest with you. He's mucking around with people until he finds an answer. Yep. Next one, uh, Luke Zaragoza. Thirts on Ezra Mam if he keeps the spot. Oh, 100%. Bring him in. Yeah, I might even do it this week. Mitch? Uh, if he can do it. It's not a terrible thing. You just got to remember that KV could bring uh, could bring Gamble in at any point. We don't know what that leg injury is. I'd wager it's bone bruising. Maybe he has a really high grade core. So we're only thinking a matter of weeks, two to three at the maximum. Um, so there's risk associated with that. I think if you're thinking Ezra Man, Savior Savage is the safer bet, but that's just me. Yeah, it feels like a Trent Peoples, as I tasks type of trade. I don't love it. I don't love it. But yeah, you know, you, yeah. if you roll the dice, it could pay off big time because he's, he's he looks real good. So if you're doing well and you got trades, like I, I think it's worth probably worth the roll. But if you like me and you're low on trades and not doing well, then you probably can't risk it. That's it. And the bull, uh, the Broncos play pretty early, so you can't even use them to loop. So, yep, ignore that. Uh, look, Ezra, man, if you knew it was going to keep the spot, I'd buy him right now, but we don't, so I won't. Uh, okay, Drew Napier, Clemmer. He, he's just asked three questions. Clemmer, my answer is yes. Your guy's answer is no. Yep. We've been through that. So yep. mixed response from the boys there. I'm saying yes because he's priced. He's actually priced about as high as... Um, like at, at around 850, 860, crazily. Uh, possibly up to 900K. Uh, Dylan Brown, I think, again, I've said yes. You guys have said maybe. I'm, I'm now a, a positive maybe. Okay, so we got, uh, and Mitch? No. No, not for you, but in general? Dylan Brown, no? No, 
Excellent. I don't like it. I, I see a boot on someone. I think he's going to see a drop in performance. Excellent. Two to three weeks. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, yeah, no, I'm, I like I'm it. I'm negative. I'm negative. Okay, I'm still positive, but I'm just less positive than I was. Like he's slightly Remember, down. Stu, he's a ball running half that makes tackle busts and tries. And he's wearing a moon boot. That's true. I'm hoping what that happens like to some Ryan Bagnall in the That's first gross. three weeks. That's correct. After wearing a moon boot. I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it was a gag. I don't know. I'm no, just, that, that, no. I'm pretending that I didn't see it. Now. Do you know how that's annoying? Do you, do you know how annoying it is to wear a moon boot? No one's gagging that. They suck. Oh, fair enough. Uh, next one. Okay, saying heavily, we've all said no. Uh, qu- hey guys, questions for the pod from Tony Loki. I'm looking at three trades this week. I think I just forgot to include them. So, Tony, I'll reply to you direct on that one. Uh, yeah, trade ones, I'll just reply direct to. Uh, oh, no, hold on. No, I've written them below. I just haven't written them out properly. So, Tony Loki goes, Starling to Marnie? Yes. Peoples to Lolo? Yes. Tick. Hastings to Man? Question mark. They're, they're, they're what I'm looking at, too. I'm in very similar position, so... I've literally got those three guys I'm yeeting this week, literally. So, yeah, 100%. I, I Hastings to Savage, but yeah, I don't need Hastings to Man. They're all great trades. All yeah, of them. They're all good trades. You're turning what looked to be one keeper in Hastings and then maybe in Starling into two keepers in Marnie and Talmololo. And a cash cow. Yep. So one to two. And yes, if not Man, then I would go in order of probably Savage, Avarillo. Yep. Um, and then ma'am simply due to the fact that the other two are likely to keep their spots Um, and if you absolutely need someone to play I'd choose Avarillo first because at least he seems to keep his spot no matter what okay uh, I'm just going to quickly check if there's any more burning questions out there from the people moving Facebook comments Uh, let's pack it in man nah all good we're done well look thank you guys thank you Nick thank you Mitch any final thoughts for round 14 go the blues I have 100% left it all out there on the table today excellent and I will say guys uh, just keep an eye on those trades there's nothing worse (laughs) than getting to round 15 where you've chased the dragon and you're down to four trades and the guys start getting injured and you start going oh crap especially my team Especially when if you're down to four trades or something like that and these guys drop enough money that you can't trade them like for like. So, you know, Tohu gets injured next week. Suddenly you've only got 600K. You don't have the money to get Angus Crichton. It's a two trade to go and get someone good. You're in real trouble. So this is how your team ends up with a whole bunch of nuggets. So just make sure you have a plan about what your final team looks like. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for thanks for everything, and thank you again to all your podcast listeners who have made it all the way to the end. We love you. Peace, guys. Thanks, Cheers. boys.